1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but
0: let me play Devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming Devil.
2: Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is brought to you by well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to Patreon.com/LastStandMedia. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here, and welcome to episode 58 of Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. As always, I'm joined by the exclusive one, Lord Cognito. So exclusive. <laughs> bought Every- and paid for. Bought and paid for everything's exclusive out here. <laughs> What's
0: going on, man? Good to see you, man. First of all, you yes. were yes. a little under the weather. We missed you. We missed yes,
2: you. Man. I'm kicking myself, dude. Oh, like no. we-, we were we were moments into our starting time and Ladies and gentlemen, without getting TMI, your boy had to go to the toilet, and uh, oh man, it was not pretty. So, I could not make the last DDU, but for those of you who did miss it, It was finally our Xbox One postmortem. Xbox had confirmed that the Xbox One's been out of production for a while. So, Cog, thank you so much for taking the mantles on that episode. You invited Lord King into the building to take on the tough task of talking for 20 minutes positively about the Xbox One. But I was listening to the show today, man. You guys did a great job just covering everything the Xbox One generation encompassed. And even, honestly, informing me on some stuff I didn't know. The NFL stuff I completely forgot about. The fitness tracking from the Kinect. You guys did an excellent job with that episode. So, so for those who haven't checked it out, please give it a listen. Yeah, Bell yeah, Bomb Patreon.
0: The King was on fire. He, he definitely says his regards. We missed, we missed the man. We missed the man. I but I, I, I like that uh Purdue Boilermaker
2: shirt, though. Man. Uh-huh. I know
0: I know some boilermakers, so I recognize yeah, yeah, that yeah. immediately. So Everyone sure thinks I that. go to the
2: school. I don't. I'm just a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was at the doctor's today, they were just like, so uh you're you all yeah, your the, yeah, they're like, you're a Boilermaker? I'm like, ha, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have an associate's degree. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt is final, because I, I got some yeah. make gear. I, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our Xbox podcast. We hope you're all doing well. We've got some interesting news this week on the front of, again, exclusivity involving Call of Duty and other big Activision franchises. We're going to talk about the revival of Scaledown, funny enough, hot on the heels of our Xbox One postmortem, so that couldn't have timed out any better and much more to get into like ghostwire tokyo gameplay because this is now from tango gameworks a xbox first party studio plenty plenty more some great write-ins here so thank you all so much for participating for those who want to go a little bit further sign up to the patreon we're over at last stand or i'm sorry patreon.com slash last stand media where you can get our shows for early access every thursday if you want to wait for it to hit free feeds we're available on sundays anyway before we begin with everything else want to follow up with trent miller one more time the saga is concluded here and you'll know why Okay, we've had this big debate for those who are tuning in, they're new here about what's going on with the onion sandwich. We have a man who's been writing in about his father telling us that he's effectively just laying a nice onion slice on bread and chowing down saying that's it. So Trent Miller writes him, hello, my favorite onion podcast, son of the a- onion sandwich here. I wanted to clarify some things. The onion sandwich my father makes isn't even toasted. It's not a fancy grilled cheese either. I could get behind that. I thought he toasted the bread. But he informed me he doesn't. I've shown my clips, the, my family, the clips of the show, but my father feels no remorse. He even let us know something more heinous. If he is the only one at home, he will, for lunch occasionally, slice a whole onion, fry it in a pan with butter, and that's his meal. One onion <laughs> for lunch. Look, I like onion as well, but this is too far. I don't know what to do with this information. He's pretty set in his ways at this point, and I'm not sure there's really anything we can do to have this stopped. Thanks, I'd have a no onion for my onion sandwich kind of day.
0: Normally, when I hear these types of uh, uh, transgressions, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I usually have a saying like, who raised you, right?
2: Yeah, but right. In this, case, this is a generational issue now. Is tra- tra- the Miller family is fucked.
0: bro intervention time you got to sit that man down not living (laughs) right not morals and principles to this principalities it's got to be dietary there's got to be like a slice we're not getting here right yeah it's got to be something we miss because i I refuse Mm -hmm. to believe that that is the the
2: meal of choice (laughs) yeah like no one's around maybe it's a it's taboo almost like this is such a wrong meal for me to have like i got pasta i got meat but I'm going to slice up a whole onion, fry it in a pan with butter, and just eat that. The onion. Man, who's he okay. kissing, too? We got, yeah, we got to talk about saying. that,
0: too. We didn't even talk about the that's hygiene offensive. aspect.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> offensive. But the reason why I say it's is probably the end to it all is if he's that rude in his ways, and not only did he feel no remorse, but he's doubled down and laid another thing on top of it, another onion layer, if you will. That's got to be it. We just got to gotta let Mr. Miller go, let him do his thing, enjoy his onions, a salute to him with our right hand. I apologize to the yeah, audience. Yeah, we were saluting with the left hand. I get it. That's the, uh, the nature of YouTube because we would have had to reverse we the images. The thing. Yeah, we, we could have done that. That's our fault. Apologies. But salute to Mr. Miller for uh, exactly. staying pat on his ways. And shout out to Trent for all the follow-ups. We appreciate that. No doubt. Let's get into games a little bit, though. Ghostwire Tokyo, the gameplay reveal has happened as we talked about last week on the show. The release date of March 25th, 2022 was confirmed. How do we feel about this one? A little uh, bah, gut check. You uh, like what you saw? It's
0: okay. I've I still got to get my hand on it, man. It's one mm. of those things I got to get my hand on it. But look, it- it's okay. I'm still a little bit holding on to the initial vision of it. And I don't know if I'm all the way sold on the new vision. But some people really feeling it. But of course... You know, your boy knows where it's going mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually. And mm-hmm. when that, you know, when it goes to Game Pass, I will check it out. But it's not mm-hmm. a run out f- outside for me. But what about you? Did your opinion change? Are you like, yo, I'm in now. Like, I'm kind of feeling uh,
2: this. just seeing it, I respect Bethesda a lot because I, I think, especially when Ghostwire, they have now, I don't think it was well advised, but they've confirmed that this was supposed to be the Evil Within 3, which we're going to hear a lot of anyone who doesn't like this game detract it and go, we should have got that instead. But I respect Bethesda for letting Tango experiment here. Uh, Try something completely different looking. It's first person, set in this kind of open world-ish Tokyo, supernatural. A lot of Naruto jutsu symbols. This game's got a lot of flair, a lot of style. Beneath all that, though, I'm not sure how I feel. Oh, you like me then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking at uh, all the supernatural figures in front of him, and he's like, pointing his fingers at them, and they're all standing still, and he does this cool wire animation. Again, this is like something that uh, Naruto, I'm like, yo, that is a clean, like, hooking the the string, pulling it, and yanking the souls out of them. Beautiful animation work. Salute to them on that. But I got to say, man, Ghostwire Tokyo, it looked like there was no interaction in the combat. There was no intensity there. And Mm -hmm. I'm a little surprised by that, because I saw one of the lead, I think, gameplay designers for Doom Eternal was in on this game um so you know when i when i saw that i'm imagining things will ramp up over time but i'm not sure how to feel about bethesda throwing this game out one month later now seeing it laying my eyes on it i like what i saw but i'm not sure if this is the smartest move for the success of this game maybe they just it's time to get it out get it out in q1 we need to do that it's been delayed long enough this game was in development hell it's it's probably time for them to wash their hands of it and move on to another project that would be my assumption but it already got little marketing it disappeared mm-hmm. for a while. It came back. Now they did their biggest gameplay reveal. Uh, and they're like, yeah, it'll be out next month. I Something about yeah. that doesn't ring right to There's me. There's another game that we'll talk about. Yeah. That's kind of got the same energy. Mm-hmm. Not that I want it to be bad. Not that I expect right. it to be bad. I think Tango is a great developer. I loved the first Evil Within 1. I think the Evil Within 2's got some charm, even though I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, so I'm not feeling like this is going to be bad. But if what I saw is representative of the final product, where it's like that little interaction in combat i i don't know but now yeah. we're seeing more and more but this is turning into that first person publisher it's another yeah. first person game from them right new no, wolfenstein now yep. ghostwire tokyo so very surprising moves of course fallout elder scrolls they like their first persons oh yeah for sure all right uh, another little blip here on the radar is from tamin antianades who's over at hellblade studio head uh, i'm sorry uh, ninja theory not hellblade he's mm-hmm. talking about hellblade though he yes, says yes, yes. quote the goal with Hellblade 2 isn't to perfect it, but to create an experience that feels more believable and more refined. Its ambition in terms of scale is bigger. I think Hellblade 2 will make Hellblade look like an indie game, end mm. quote. Mm. Not really newsworthy, but definitely wanted to just skim over the top of this and acknowledge it. How are you feeling about the ambitions of Ninja Theory?
0: Super strong. They they are the one of the graphical fidelity studios that I feel that they Xbox game studios has in tuck so mm-hmm. I like that I like hearing that and people know how I feel about Hellblade I yeah. felt they punched above their weight it looked phenomenal and if they're talking this way you know I'm excited that's one of my highly anticipated titles for sure
2: yeah I like the idea of them creating something more believable and refined cuz that seems to be when you look at the photogrammetry they were doing for I think it was Iceland is what comes to mind uh, yeah. they went to like 40 different locations you know, teaching the combat animators and lead actress some type of weapon training for two years, uh, there is a level of them trying to create a believable experience here. I'm wondering if it, you know I, I gotta also play devil's advocate with myself, even for the sake of just a funny conversation point. Could we be walking right into an Order 1886 moment here? No, I, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, not, not. Order, you can't do order, order. Damn, <laughs> damn man. I was just thinking of the gameplay demo, how beautiful it looked, but how scripted it may have been. Oh, I was like, I was like, you know, now we're talking believable guidance. I'm like, okay, like, are we walking this path? Maddie, that was a foul on the play. That's a flag on the field, which you just did. <laughs> <laughs> to a flag. Bro, just at
0: least they had have a working, existing first Uh, version of the game, right? There's a part one to Hellblade that we could reference as opposed to another (laughs) game you reference that looked good that there was no other outline and we're like, oh you know what I'm
2: saying? And then we get it. We're like, yo, this is on Rails. Let's go to come on, man, be that Look, yeah, you can check me on that. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. You know, we're fucking us on realism, believability. I'm like, okay. That's not the first game to do it. But then you Mm -hmm. looked at the demo in tow and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. One. I wonder, what if? But I, I feel very confident about this one. It's stunning. So no I, I'll, I'll happily laugh at myself in a couple of years. No question. But I feel, I, I understand
0: where you're coming from. All jokes aside, I right. do understand where you're coming from from a a, a marketing hype mm-hmm. perspective. Like, what is he not supposed to say? You know, Oh, no, we're not <laughs> going for, we're going for regular. <laughs> Anime. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the, I understand that. So we do have to be, you know, we put that into consideration at least. I'll give you that.
2: Uh, hot on the heels of us recording this episode, there was a Nintendo Direct, and they are good for many announcements. I thought the show was pretty solid. Uh, there were games like Live Alive, which is a, a game that pretty much inspired Octopath Traveler. Uh, it's finally getting localized. It never came to the West. Uh, it's also being remade. That's coming July 22nd. Some other notable ones, Chrono Cross was in the rumor mill for a while. It's getting a remaster April 7th. Uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed is getting remastered. I leaked that on my own Discord, so... Shout out to everyone who was uh, signed up there on the Patreon because they were like, what do you think is going to come, Maddie?" I was like, <laughs> For, I, I listed a bunch of obvious ones. I was like, Kirby, this, this, that. I was like Force Unleashed port. They're like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So Good call. Uh, that's coming around. Uh, we also got uh, Earthbound is back. That was kind of yeah. surprising to see. Uh, that, that was, a, you and I were watching that together there. That was a mm-hmm. pretty surprising one. Otherwise, Mario Kart 8 is somehow still getting DLC. We got a new Wii Sports game, Portal Collection coming to Switch. Kirby Mm -hmm. is now a car, effectively, in this new Kirby trailer. Uh, There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the Nintendo realm. Anything stand out to you here, Cog?
0: Just, you know, to me, they're just able, because they're so successful, able to kind of pull from that Wii war chest. You know what I'm saying? Of all these franchises, like, oh, we sports. Here you go. You know, mm-hmm. the, it, it just the, it's just resource. And I, listen, there's a part of me that's like, damn, Nintendo, can you give us some new stuff? But there is stuff that they still are sitting on that they want the Switch generation, and it makes business sense for the Switch generation to take advantage of it. I yep. get it. It's just that me and you, we're both watching the Mario Kart thing, and we're like, okay, that's fire, but damn, like, we never. I thought get it was
2: it. nine, man. I thought it was nine. Yeah, they like I like, oh, they we got me. Yeah, we're never going to get nine at this point
0: because yeah. they're going to give yeah. you all the tracks of every single one that mm-hmm. ever existed. So we get it, Nintendo. It's all good. That's, that's my only little thing. But other than that, yeah, strong show for the most part.
2: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Let's get into a quick correction from Connor Rude. I wrote this down as a note, but this is a follow-up from a conversation we had last week about diversity of voice actors, where Connor took exception with the change of voice talent for Shadow Warrior 3. He writes, Hey Dukes, not to harp on the topic again, but I have a tiny correction slash, slash clarification about the Shadow Warrior 3 voice actor topic. The first voice actor, John William Galt, uh, this is the one I mentioned when I was talking about this, uh, he said, who you mentioned passed away recently, was only in the original 1997 game, not the 2013 reboot. Jason Liebrecht voiced Lo Wang in Shadow Warrior 2013 and Shadow Warrior 2 and could even be heard in a few trailers coming from Shadow Warrior 3. So yes, the voice actor has changed once in the series before, but Liebrecht was pretty established as the character before he got the boot for not being Asian. I feel like that fact strengthens Cog's point from last week even more. So I just wanted to go ahead and include that here because this was something that I ended up getting uh, wrong last week and i i thought because of the sensitivity of the subject we'll always follow up that with our right. own corrections but yeah. i wanted to make sure that because it was a, a pretty core point to my argument right. like you know the, oh there was them switching out voice talent constantly but i didn't realize there was actually an original series and this was a yeah. reboot so that was just me being uninformed i pinned a comment on our show last week to make sure people yeah, who scroll down that, yeah. saw that mm-hmm. and then i wanted to follow up here make sure that was nah, grown all man
0: mad yeah that's how we do grown man man cog Cod, too that's how we
2: do oh yeah so thank you for writing in, Connor. Appreciate the follow-up. Let's move on to Jace Tumulovic. Matthew. Oh, hey, man. I am I'm no, got the, you know got the target. I'm but on But you back. got
0: the full government call. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The, the government calling is uh, is yeah. here. So I thought we had a good show last week, but it looks like I had a rough week. <laughs> Let's go. But they won. They last week. When talking about acquisitions, you said that PlayStation is already pretty much getting whatever Square Enix is releasing. It caught my ear because I've been desperately waiting to hear that Octopath Traveler bravely (laughs) default 2, Triangle Strategy and the Final Fantasy Pixel Perfect Remasters will be coming to PlayStation. I do not. Want sony to buy square and take these games away from other platforms but if an acquisition could get them on the platform without removing them from anyone else i'd take it square do right by your old school kids and let me get those sweet turn-based jrpg platinums gentlemen have a your mom just yelled your full name kind on of a day <laughs> which <laughs> jason did that to me so yeah yes i i i respect the uh the the, the focus here because yes. i was speaking broadly but yes this is this is very much fair and fair fair in fact again. you know xbox got, all that, got that octopath and yeah, playstation doesn't is which is uh, that is
0: surprising
2: that, that continues to stun me i'm just waiting yeah. for it to one day appear i remember listening to, to sacred symbols and colin said when he saw it on game pass he went over to his playstation to go buy it he's like oh yeah i'll go play it it wasn't there and, so, and this
0: is good education funny. for me i didn't realize they didn't have it either i assumed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that it was over there so i would have got caught out there so again thank you for the uh, clarification there jace that's what's up absolutely Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
2: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. But now it's time for us to talk about what we're playing. Cog, let's start off with you. I think you and I can both check one off the list here at the same time with one game you're playing, one that you've been hotly anticipating. Let's talk about Sifu. PlayStation
0: Nation, this is for me. <laughs> this is for I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get uh, say something very, you know, controversial. But I was more excited for this than Horizons <laughs> Forbidden West. That's how ridiculous I am with this. Like I, mm. I come from that. I'm the gaming ninja. I come yeah. from the martial arts thing. You know, for us, me, King, solve. You know, back in the day, what we would do is, you know, how you guys have the anime. Back then, it was mm-hmm. like, you go, you get these karate movies, these like yeah, these older yeah. movies. You pick yeah, them I watched up. a ton of them, you, man. Yep, yep. You buy like a set of three for $20 and we'd all come and they'd all have these similar story tropes, which is like, it starts, master gets killed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> some vicious way, some evil student betrayed someone. And then there's always someone left behind, the son. You know, mm-hmm. and then in this, this movie, they outright they murdered the son, but we're going to get into that. But it's always the story of the training, the saga, the perseverance, right. the revenge. We must, you killed by teacher, you killed, you know, that type of thing. So Sifu mm-hmm. hits me in all of those tropes. The art style, I really like. It's very cool. I feel like a very Unity engine vibe. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. It feels Unity, but I could be wrong. I don't know if it's not, maybe Unreal. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I do like the art style. It's simple, not over the top but it gives you that essence, that core martial arts. And then you have the the combo system, you have the block, and then the mechanics, the most unique mechanic, which is, okay, every time, it's very hard, but almost roguelike in a way, but every time you die, Mm -hmm. you age. You age, you come back a little stronger, a little slower, but the more you age, the more you die, you almost become like a glass cannon in the sense that, you know, you really can get roughed up. And um, what's really cool is each level, as you go on, you know, like... The, whatever you got to the next level, your youngest age, it kind of retains, right? Mm-hmm. So your goal is to kind of be, do better runs per. But I like it, man. I like it. You know, I, I've been playing it for a little bit. I haven't got a chance to go super, super hard, but I killed the person who killed me, which I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, nah, man, I'm I'm, I'm feeling it. I, my only negative is I love it so much that I just wish they had a little bit more budget for like right. – I want more story exposition as if it was, you know, the the big AAA hashtag just ones that Sony would have. To me, I get Mm -hmm. the vibe that Sony saw something good in this. They took a chance on it. I just hope people go out, support it, because if it gets a sequel, they get a budget. I I
2: think they got one, man. What you think? What you think? I love this game. Uh, it, it really was an up and down a roller coaster at, at first. I was watching a uh, shout out to Jake Baldino. I was watching his video and he, oh. I think he accurately put into uh, words how a lot of reviewers were probably feeling, which is you hated the game. I was raging at it, which I don't know if that's like something people can imagine me doing, but oh my God, man, I was losing my mind over this game. Because here's the thing. With reviewing these challenging games before launch, you really got to know your shit. I, I don't know how to put it. Like, you got to be able to look at a game and be like, am I fucking up? is the game fucking up because you don't got that walkthrough online to see what's right and then go oh so that's what i was supposed to do did the game convey that properly you don't have that shortcut there so it's like on you to figure it out and so you learn that this game is i felt not the best teacher in a lot of ways but fair that's fair when you graduate as a student it is an amazing feeling nonetheless. So for me, the biggest thing I had issue with with this game, I want to start off with it because Let's it go. leads to my compliments, is Sekiro even, which is notoriously a very difficult game, gives you very specific visual cues for like when it's time to micri counter, when you should go high, low. And the warm-up animations for those moves are telegraphed. Not enough where it's in slow motion, Motion, but but it's enough where you can read it and react and feel good about it. And that's coming from someone who, again, I'm not crazy about Sekiro, but this was the Sekiro experience that did click with me, Sifu. Mm -hmm. Because what'll happen is someone'll be striking your gut, but it'll look like they're going for a low attack or they're going hot. You can't tell because they all use the same color scheme for the attacks, no matter where they're striking you. So you gotta just study the animations and practically memorize them in what I think is a very unconventional way. Uh, cause the game will say, when an enemy's going to push you or grab you, hold L one and press down and you'll dodge it. But it's the the same color that surrounds their hands when they're doing a grab is the same when they're doing a strike. So I can't tell. And yes. that was one thing that was bugging me a lot, is this game is doing everything it can to keep you immersed right yes. so that when you get into that flow and you're bobbing and weaving going underneath everything an incredible feeling and that's Ooh. what happens when i said you get to that mastering you're like okay i i know what you're gonna do because i've memorized it but it's not in sync i feel with what this game as a theme is about mastery it's like have i really mastered it because i memorized it rather than mastering the mechanics where i see a low and i'm like yeah i'm I'm muscle that's memory a now point. like so it's Again, a really great game. Not the best teacher, but that's okay. It's a you know this is where I feel like Price Studio comes into account. We're talking about an indie team. By the way, I looked it up. Unreal Engine Four. Oh no, thank you, thank you. About Indie okay. t- indie team. They went from Absolver, this high potential game with PvEVP combat, that turned into this cult PvP game. They said that they, they knew they had an idea there, and so they took it and they evolved it in Sifu. And, yeah, it's going to come with some growing pains there. And I think, overall, they did an amazing job. You know, those little yeah. snags there, those bumps in the road aren't enough to stop the rolling train of seafood for me. Like, yeah. I, I love the flow of this game once you get mm-hmm. into it. And there is something to be said that, while I don't think it's the best teacher, once you learn certain things, like, yeah. for example, when you're holding L1, you're doing the, the avoids. Mm-hmm. going left and right doesn't matter. I thought yeah. it did. I right. thought, like, oh, he's coming into my left. I got to mm-hmm. press right. No, I can press left and I'll just avoid. That's yeah. it. Yep. Didn't know that. Yep. So that's something that the game does tell you, I think, once I want to say. But they don't yeah. specifically write out like, hey, it doesn't matter which way they're coming in. You'll just avoid it. Mm-hmm. It's the highs and lows that matter. So once you get that down yeah. and you start to familiarize yourself with a bit of a pattern... That's when you start to really yes. feel like your skill's gone up a level. Yeah. And then it, it turns into those Kung Fu movies where yeah. you're, you're avoiding counter-strike and he's avoiding your counter-strikes. It is a great feeling when you're in that rhythm. Yeah, no, well said.
0: And the only thing I'll add on is, you know, th- these are the type of indies I want to give. I know this is not on Xbox, but I want to give Sony their flowers in the sense that they have a knack of seeing the potential in something and saying, okay, we're going to lock this in and commit to it. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, hey, Xbox guys, if, if this do- somehow does come and if it's a timed exclusive, I don't know the, the the mechanics behind the deal, but this is something. I type think getting... they
2: said it's, it's timed exclusive, but they didn't say like if, where okay. and when. Yeah, yeah this this is up.
0: one you want to hold on for. Sifu. They got one really fun, and you know, obviously, the last thing for me is always Destiny and mm. Destiny Witch Queen is approaching. They got the trailer, yeah. the hype train is going. They they they're gonna bring crafting. So right now I'm in my zone, just slowly getting back into my daily routine as I prep because I'm gonna need all my materials, all my things. I don't want to be right. material broke when the new stuff comes. So that's where I'm at. But what about you? You got another one
2: that you're mm-hmm. playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I beat last night Trails in the Sky, second chapter. This is the mm-hmm. second game in that little trilogy. i mm-hmm. um, off my trails grind for a little bit now for those who are curious because um, I'm waiting for the Steam Deck to play the third game. So we'll get to that eventually. But effectively, Trails in the Sky, first chapter, second chapter are an entire story just split into two parts. And uh, this game was really good. I really liked it. Uh, again, with Trails, is always a little bit of pacing problems, but... Uh, this is a, a really character driven story with some of the best JRPG combat that you can experience. And it's very amazing that this game came out in 2006. So I'd be eating about 45 hours on steam. That was with turbo mode. Uh, that would have taken me cause there has an in-game clock, which is tracking your hours in total. And then there's like the steam clock, which is what you were actually playing. And my in-game clock was about 52 hours. So it shaves eight hours off the experience, which when you look at the length of Sifu, I beat that in about nine to ten. So to 10. there you go. So that's efficiency there. Nice. But yeah, it was it was a great game. Uh it's hard to recommend trails because it's such a commitment, but I think it's worthwhile if you got the time and you love JRPGs like I do. So uh I was playing that and then uh, I've been going back to Dying Light too, man. Ooh. I've been going back to this. Is this is a... Bugs, How are you doing with the bugs? Yeah, I've been honestly it's it's uh you know, a lot of people have been saying it's good for them. For me, it's still a little buggy. Um, but I'm glad to see that most people are having a better experience technically than i am uh it's one thing i really hit on in my review is like if this game gets working and it's good or if you're having a good time and you're looking to spread the word then that's great but like the second that it seems like it's remotely working like go out and get this game and so that's good to hear that people are having a better technical experience i think it's in a way a cyberpunk situation not in the extremity of it but rather that uh this is a this is a game that runs better on pc for sure I don't think the Xbox version is all that strong. And you can see a lot of the visual sacrifices they made, especially for console. But all that to me doesn't matter because this game is so fun. It's beat to beat moments are so fun because the the systems that it's all built off of are unique. No other game's doing doing them right now. So it's just clicking with me. It's fresh. Like, I don't remember the last open world game I played and went like, oh man, I I need to get back into that, right? Normally I'm like, okay, Done. <laughs> See you later. What is yes. next? Now I'm coming back and back and back. This is, you know, I keep coming back for some more. So shout out to Dying Light too. Techland really did a great job with this. And you know what's amazing about this? I haven't even touched co-op. I haven't even messed with that. That's the thing. That's the thing, man. I've been, I'm, I'm trying to get
0: it for that experience only because I mm. want to – play it kind of in the same way we talked about a set and other things. Like I want to try things in a co-op one because I'm the co-op guy and to mm. see if it really holds up. So I'm going to get to it. Uh, it just been so much on my plate right now. And then yeah. Seafood came out and, you know, I could only be. Well, dude, that's like before. your
2: thing. You've been yeah. talking about that for, for the ages. Longest. How far yeah. are you, by the way? I'm like,
0: uh, maybe the second. You're in the um, club. Yeah. When you get to the mm. club and then now the different enemy that's types learn. and then the <laughs> cornering and they're and they getting really evil with it. And then they dip dash mm. it away and yeah it's, it's 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 getting real now
2: it's getting real yeah, real bad. yeah. oh before we proceed do you want to did you check out the new atomic heart trailer this is day 1 on game pass i did i did i did i did yeah I it says it's coming 2022 they don't specify which month it's like it's like at, it's got a bunch of pound symbols and then it says bur like b e r so it's a month that ends with b e r like december october you know, it could be one of those months. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about what you saw? Look, man, it this thing had
0: my attention from the very beginning. You mm-hmm. know, I believe it was what is it, the Xbox Star Party showcase? It was it was when I first first saw it. And I'm like, yo, this is unique. This is like this Mm -hmm. real kind of Russian, weird weird humor going on. But the action and like, seems like so many things. Yeah, so many things, so many cool systems and gravity and things moving around and twisting. And then it's just got a nice feel to it. So Mm -hmm. it has my attention. It came out of nowhere. But it was one of those It's one of those games. When you look at you like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm seeing. I don't know, what, but they got something Dude. that I, makes me want to play this. And that's where I'm at with it. So yeah, they have my attention for sure.
2: Yeah. They actually revealed that the soundtracks being done by Mick Gordon, who did doom and doom eternal soundtrack, which is a good sign. You know, this is a game that as a fallout fan, I'm like, thank God this exists. This just looks fucking cool. Cause it's a, uh, for those who don't know, I, 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 this isn't a direct comparison, but imagine like fallout Russia in a way, um, cause it's an, it's described as a alternate retro future version of the 1950s USSR. And it's an action-packed first-person shooter. And for me, like, I love, love, love. Like, if you've noticed, I love Fallout. I love Singularity. I love alternate history. Yeah. I love Wolfenstein. Alternate history is so cool to me. Uh, it's just, you know, I think it's because school ruins some fascinating history subjects by making you run over the same ground constantly. And then you get to a game or a movie that says, like, well, what if this happened here? Yes. What if this happened here? Right? I like that. I love it. And and that's that's what clicks for me. So, uh, Atomic Heart, man, uh, looks excellent. Again, Day 1 Game Pass, trailer's out, IGN had it exclusively, and uh, yeah, it says it's coming out in 2022 with a month that ends in B E R. So, good, good get for Game Pass. Good. Good
0: eye. This is one of the the ones that I'm like, "Okay, I'm glad you went and got this one."
2: Yes. I agree. This is also it's not saying anything about multiplayer. So this would be a a pretty interesting day one game pass get. Yeah. So I'm gonna gonna sit back and, and watch this one, see how it all goes. Good point. All right, let's get into our warm-up questions here. Starting off with not Skywalker. Dear Dukes, I just saw a friend of the show, Ryan McCaffrey, share that IGN will be unveiling the release trailer for Atomic Heart tomorrow and effectively asked us for our thoughts, but what he also gets into is, how do you all feel about what I think is very demonstrable an effort by Xbox to bolster their engagement with Eastern European developers? Obviously, Stalker 2 out of Ukraine's GSC is the big one. But they're also working with SadCat Studios out of Belarus to release their upcoming console exclusive, Replaced, which also looks dope. dope. After seeing the ongoing success of 4A Games out of Ukraine slash Malta, I personally am very enthused to see Xbox develop these Eastern European partnerships and look forward to seeing what these stories, these studios will tell. Have a My Game I Made dropped from number five on Steam to number six, but everyone just wants to talk about how it's failing for dropping from the, the top five kind of day.
0: <laughs> oh, man. It's good. It's good. One. Yeah, I think that's a good observation. I mean,. Mm-hmm. Look, again, I'm always in of the camp, show up your weaknesses. In and, and that region, last generation, they just got creamed. Sony just completely yeah. dominated. And to be honest, that's probably the rise, one of the reasons of the rise of Jim Ryan. You know, he, he, had, he took a region that was failing for Sony and now made it one of their dominant regions. So, yeah, absolutely do that. And I like that he mentioned Replaced. That's mm-hmm. the one for me. I mm-hmm. just love that. Is it kind of like pixel art? Uh, yeah. TV yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that there, yeah. And it, it's gritty. It's mm-hmm. gritty. It's got that neon cyberpunk a little mm-hmm. bit, but it, it that's the one for me, you know, and I, I'm always, remember we talked about it before like I'm always a fan of games that expose me to cultures that we don't see often and and I'm that's gonna excite me because I'm like okay this is new mm-hmm. this is fresh oh this is okay this is Eastern Europe this is like I want to know what was going on at that time the same yeah. way you love you know alternate history and stuff mm-hmm. I love cultures and places that don't get a lot of light I don't care where it is and I want to be the character in that story so they got me. I'm I'm all about this. And and if this is the initiative by Microsoft, kudos, because that's what you need to do.
2: Yeah. I I like that they're reaching far and wide here. And I think this is an area that's really untapped that is wise to get into nice and early, if you will. One one name that's not on this list while it's on Xbox partnership right now, but should be is CD Project Red. I know a lot of people want to discount them. And I know I have a very unique stance on Cyberpunk. I fucking like that game a lot, man. To me, Cyberpunk didn't show me that this company's out of it. They showed that they needed time to bug squash, but Mm -hmm. the content was really fucking good. good. Yeah, it was really good. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Techland is also Eastern European. I mean, there are a lot of... Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. strong studios from there. So Xbox is tapping into a smart market here. Yeah. So yeah. I I think they should be doing that.
0: Only thing I want to add on is um since we're talking, shout out to shout out to my Polish brothers. Like I remember the last packs I went to, which was twenty twenty? <laughs> it's been so long now. But I remember going and on my list and I would see these cool games and it would be from these Polish devs and I would I was going through some like really dope concepts and and it was just I, I forgot what was that name, one with the sword, it was first person. I think it was Ghost Runner or something. And then it was another turn-based mm. game. And I'm like, yo, it was just like a plethora of these up-and-coming. They're on the rise. So it's, it's mm. cool to see,
2: man. Yeah, jump in there. Absolutely. Let's move on to number two with Brett Medlock. Good friend of the show. Good friend of mine. He writes, hey, Dukes, I'm back again with another rant about Xbox marketing. And I think this one is well-placed, Cog. I'm excited to get your thoughts on this. Where is the marketing for Crossfire X? This is the sequel to one of the biggest multiplayer games in the world. Seriously, it's huge outside of the US, especially China. Crossfire X could have been the game in the series that captured a US audience. But aside from a few Twitter posts from Remedy, Xbox, and Smilegate, it's been silent. I haven't seen any ads for the game whatsoever. With Remedy doing the campaign, you'd think more press would be talking about it. Control was a big hit for Remedy, and it felt like it put the studio on a lot of gamers' radars. But I've seen no hype surrounding Crossfire X, despite it being their next big title. Sure, it's something different for the studio, but this is still the team behind cult classics like Max Payne and Alan Wake, the underrated gem Quantum Break, and the critical darling Control. Where's the excitement? And lastly, Xbox has barely talked about it, despite it being a full-on Xbox exclusive. What gives? I feel this from top to bottom even on a internal level because xbox will contact people like myself to say you want to preview this game make some content on it nothing what the hell is going on here cock thoughts oh man the little head scratch <laughs> <laughs> i i feel i'm like
0: it, it, you're so on Brett. is so on fire mm-hmm. you're on fire and it's just like this was the game when i first saw it i remember graphic i'm like oh Oh, this looks nice looks out. okay yeah. I, i'm in crossfire x i was blowing the horn like yo we mm-hmm. need more info you know what i'm saying and another one too i want to shout out because I, I always forget where the hell is XO Mecca. that's a side note yeah are you yeah Mecca? yeah, where the hell yeah. Are you? I, I was yo this is what I'm i don't even like battle rubber, but i like what they were showing i was like all right cool but back to back on point mm-hmm. and then kind of fade so you're like all right maybe they just need more time okay cool i think the turning point that i kind of put as a document, is Shout to Desolate Gary, and mm. I think IGN, they had, like, their first hands-on. Mm. And that they have a lot of nice things to say. Mm. He kind of went in. He was just like, you know, the enemy AI is kind of not great. You know, kind of story, kind of like same old tropes, and you know, it just wasn't doing anything interesting, and he just mm. wasn't that, imp- he kind of, you know, kind of critical. You know, yeah. and um, I think I think I think Skillup had another one. Someone else had one too, and both of their previews were not strong. And then since then, that's bad
2: too because they show you the best slice. It's hard to walk out of a preview negative. Right, he went for so that
0: showed me that okay, it really is not doing stuff well. You know, and I just think that they've they may know it. You know, I'm hoping Mm. since that time. That there has been or enough time to improve or get something done, but how much time realistically can you do in that that short window? Yeah. I don't know, man. It, I agree. It is it is weirdly absent during yes. the hype cycle. Oh, and it's about to come out. This is an exclusive title. But I'll let you go. Like, what the right. you insight you got on it? Like, what what's your vibe? So
2: on? I was looking at the situation. I think I broken i think i have it broken down properly here where we can get a good idea of what's going on so for those who don't know this game as a whole is developed by multiple teams so you have remedy doing the single player portion that we're getting on game pass it'll be out by the time everyone's listening to this as of the time of recording this we haven't played it we don't have access to it so maybe we'll talk about it next week if if we got the time for that but smilegate developed the multiplayer component which is very popular outside of the u.s like this is That's effectively the-, the direct competitor to counter-strike it's a highly competitive first-person shooter. And I think that's why Brett's on fire here. Which this is a good market to tap into and be like, we're on the ground with this one. We got Crossfire on Xbox. That's the thing. It reminds me of Fantasy Star Online, too. It's not enough just to bring it to the West, fill-in team. You gotta put it out there afterwards. Show people why it's so demanded to bring it across the ocean onto the platform and put it out there. Same thing's happening here. So my theory is that a theory. you've got the campaign, right? Which is by remedy multiplayer those developers they're busy with a much bigger game right now has anyone heard of lost ark yeah good point smilegate is one of the lead devs on lost ark and that is again by the time you listen to this it is out um this is if you're buying the founders pack it's already out playing it but it'll be coming out friday the 11th i'm actually very excited for that game but there that is already seeing absurd player numbers Crazy queue counts. There's a lot of hype. We're seeing just how big of a marketing machine Twitch is. Um, there's just so much going on there. I think that's where the attention is, Cog. Because right now, if you look at outside of the US, Crossfire is a well-oiled machine. Why does Smiley mm-hmm. got to give it attention? Then you got mm-hmm. Remedy, who they just keep getting snubbed, man. They keep getting snubbed. And so yeah. they're just making partnerships everywhere, collecting their bag. And almost, I don't want to say they don't care how it does, but I think this falls on Xbox to market it right? To push it a little bit more. How it's, you feel about my theory?
0: I, I like your theory. I like it. I just think it's so weird that, because I, I'm glad you broke down the history of the game because I didn't know that part of, of the component, you know, and I guess where I struggle is like, look, if you know the multiplayer is what it is, and it's huge over there, right? It's huge in China, right? And mm-hmm. that should be a slam dunk, right? If, mm-hmm. if you know that's the good part. So if you know The single player ain't that good. Maybe you should reverse the marketing flow and push the good in your face. Like kind of like Halo. Right mm. like in the beginning, we didn't. When Craig was outside, we was like, oh, mm. God, what's going on? And you, here's the multiplayer, guys. Here's, y'all remember that whole multiplayer you like? The <laughs> classic dig. Like, that's what needs to happen. Like, there should have been a shift. And I'm like, where's the mm. shift? Because to me, it almost feels like they put all their eggs in the remedy basket based mm. on the track record. And for whatever reason, again, I haven't played the game, but I can only go by the two that I've seen, which is Skill Up and Destin Legari. And they didn't sound thrilled so mm-hmm. that's what i'm wondering here and i'm just have you seen the multiplayer have they previewed that i, I don't even remember um
2: this it. is a, i mean you can find gameplay online i'm pretty certain but but I'm talking it, about like for xbox got it oh so for xbox it. good question like actually, from a
0: more right? i don't recall. i mean maybe i'm wrong here you guys who's listening correct me if i think I'm they wrong. did a
2: i think they did a beta actually yeah okay I'm, I'm looking right now and there are people who are who are playing it just curious um, yeah this is a One year ago, Crossfire X Multiplayer is Dumb Fun on Xbox One. That's from IGN. Oh, that's way back. Yeah, yeah. A Mm. lot of this is a year ago. They did a multiplayer trailer about five months ago. Okay. Yeah, I just, you know, the other thing I was thinking of is maybe the plans changed a little bit. Like, you know, this game was announced in June 2019, the single-player campaign. I think it took a little bit longer than they expected. Could be. Now it's kind of finally rolling out, and probably if anything, they want the multiplayer to pop off. Xbox is big on player count, right, and... got a high player count with a game on game pass it's gonna be interesting to see how this one does if there are any numbers that ever come out about it but i thought brett really was highlighting something i was personally feeling last point on the split though
0: isn't one portion not like isn't any of it it's just xbox exclusive not any of it is game pass right it's a weird one i believe because
2: i don't know if you can uh, I think it's, yeah, Game Pass. Let me see if you can actually, let me just look up the yeah, Xbox yeah, Store. Yeah, because that, that's the,
0: I, re- I recall being like, like, yo, it's it's Xbox exclusive, but not necessarily on some day and date Game Pass, Game Pass thing. And again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I, that's what I remember. Because I remember like, oh, this is going to be on Game Pass. And people are like, oh, no, no. Okay, get. Yeah, that's not, mm-hmm. it's just Xbox exclusive, exclusive. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of a deal. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, there's, there's these like, packs uh the originator pack is 10 bucks it says it contains crossfire x the character mm-hmm. gordon three days of 30 x 30 percent xp boost and mm-hmm. austere 88 desert so yeah it's a it's a really interesting situation actually yeah that uh, very, we got going unique. on here very yeah. unique no mm-hmm. so, we'll see in due time but yeah. we'll track that as things go along mm-hmm. and uh, now let's move into our next question here this one comes from matthew mandela Hey, Dukes, random question. The Shenmue anime debuted on Adult Swim over the weekend. Cog, since you're a huge Sega guy, I was wondering if you were able to watch it. I personally thought it was a great opening episode that lived up well to one of my favorite game franchises. Hashtag gotcha toys for life. Mm, I did watch this. You did too. All right, awesome. I did watch this. Nice. Yeah,
0: this is is about hard. People know how I feel about Shenmue. So I got to be, I got to put a caveat on my thoughts because I am extremely biased. I love Shenmue. Very much so. It, it was well, one of the most influential
2: those, games ever, man.
0: Yeah, for me that that was one of the games. That's a, that was a shift in gaming for me at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, like I think I was worried coming in because I'm like, this is my baby. Like I don't know how they're gonna do it, and I'm like pleasantly surprised. I'm like, yo, y'all got the core tenants of what, mm-hmm. down. You know what I knew it was on when they had the Frank Man. From the with the dreads and no, the uh, things, a hot dog, yeah. Hot, Tom, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. Y'all got the humor because, like, Shenmue has some quirky, right? Yep, yep. And yep. I'm like, oh, they got the quirky, they got um. okay. And if I had that nitpick, because I'm just such a profound, such a Shenmue fanboy, mm. I would have liked Landy to be a little bit more darker. He was yes. dope, he was dope. Yeah. I just wanted even more, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel a little feel light on that. Yeah, yeah but that's just been nitpicking. He still was good. He was solid. Mm. But I have to admit, I really like the Ryo choice. I, I really thought that was cool. They threw elements of Shenmue 3 in it as mm-hmm. well, with the way it started. And I'm like, all right. Like, they literally did the opening to Shenmue with better context, and they replicated mm-hmm. it well. I thought they did a lot of homage to the series.
2: So... I'm in. I'm like, all right. I want to see
0: where this goes. They didn't butcher my baby.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't talk a lot about how much Shenmue was influential to me. Like, I. I, didn't I know we
0: shared this. This is the yeah. I was survive. gonna say so. Go a little bit
2: of a story, right? Um let's break it. What always blew me away is I always recall in my old house growing up, uh, sitting on the bottom of the bunk bed, and my brother he brought the Dreamcast in the house, and you know that's where Ooh, I discovered a, a lot of my love for good gaming. Brother. Right, mm-hmm. and Shenmue was really what brought me to the next level of. Oh my God. How is this possible? Because what I always remember is watching my brother stand outside the convenience store and check his watch. And he was looking at the time to see when, when he could go to his next mission. I was like, what? What? Right. And it's, when you go back, you play the HD remaster, there's some stuff that it's a little janky on how, how you handle that. But there are so many core mechanics to this game that you see live on. in so many other titles, persona to name one, one of my favorite series, Yakuza, you see a lot of that. Sifu, yes. Sifu is like a love letter, in my opinion, to the the seventy man battle in Shenmue, the first one. Yes, it is absolutely like a whole game. I, so I said I was like, it's a whole game that reminds me of that. My one of my favorite moments in all video games. Oh, bro, I know so sure it. So I'm I'm right there with you when I was watching it. It opened up with the Ryu in a tournament. I was like, what? I was like, am I forgetting something? You know, because, yeah, I, I played it when the remaster came out. I got the platinum for the first game. I, I haven't gone back to the second one in a while. Um, And I actually, little confession, I never played the third one. I haven't played the third one.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, I started it. it. It's, you know what I, it is? I, those reviews pushed me away, man. It yeah. Was just... Uh, just the short of it is sometimes your legends, they've been at the game a little too long. Yep. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, you know, it's yeah. not terrible, but by today's standards, it's, I yeah, can't, I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's, that's just what, what I heard. And, yeah. and 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 that's and why
2: I think this, This, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to, last thing I was going to say is that
0: I still want to give him his flowers, though, because he, in my opinion, Yu Suzuki, that's one of my favorite guys. That's one guy got me mm-hmm. into gaming like Yu Suzuki straight up like yeah. Sega. Hang on. Um, all my classic franchise outside of Shinomi, like he was a part of in Sega's. Hey, and Shenmue was his pinnacle. But I want to give him his flowers in the sense that y- Yakuza to me is what Shenmue should be now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And But I feel that's the spiritual success. And I know those guys were influenced by you. You yes. Suzuki, definitely. That's why I wanted to give you his flowers. I never did. Say absolutely. That. No,
2: he's mm-hmm. he's an amazing guy. And and yeah. and his work is felt. Hell yeah, let's go. I Growth. didn't know that. Yeah, that I was like that. I geeked out crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah, man, I, I I gotta play the third one. But seeing the animation and how they filled in little gaps and kind of built up this idea like Rio had actually lost something outside of his father, I was like, okay, like, I'm I'm like what they're doing. Because the biggest concern for those who aren't Shenmue fans is that Will the story ever be complete? Will Rio get revenge on Landy? Will that ever happen? And this man, you—I love this guy, but he's like, I got about eight, nine other games planned. I'm like, bro, you're like seventy. The fuck do you mean? It took you—it took you forty years to get the third one. You nope. ain't doing that. Yeah. Stop the cap. You got to You got to get the anime.
0: You got to get the anime going. Fact. Come on. I'm with you, I, and I'm so glad the anime exists for that. You just nailed it because re, the reality is. Shenmue was never, that story's never getting finished. Based <laughs> yeah. on Yuzu, let's be real. Yuzuzuki, he ain't gonna be alive enough for this thing to happen. Yeah. So maybe with his permission, they could tell it and now in the in this, and it lives on. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And we get what's going on. This, this, the saga of the Phoenix mirrors and all that It stuff
2: reminds so cool. me a little bit of the passing of the torch that may occur with Berserk. Because for those who don't know who we'll read Berserk, Kentaro Mura, uh, Mura, he passed away, I think it was late last year. And There was a joke that I think the arc that they were on ended with them on a ship and and people were saying like, we'll never leave the ship because of how long Kentaro takes to write the next volume. And then he passed away and now there's this moment of like, what are they going to do with the story? Do you leave them on the ship or do you continue? And there's been murmuring that they're going to continue it. And I feel that energy with Shenmue that someone will have the torch passed to them that will bring Shenmue to a new era of fans. And I think anime is a really smart way to go. Like we're in a time where people are more open to anime. Remember when? Dude. Oh man. I remember watching Naruto and being clowned on in middle school. Because I loved that shit. Sasuke Uchiha was my idol. I remember everyone making fun of me. Now I see on TikTok. I'm going to put a little... Lo-fi in the background, Levi zips around and attack on Taiyu. Fuck you. That's what I got to say, man. Because now anime is the move. And guess what? Shenmue, it could be a big product of that, I think. So I agree. Excited. Well said. Well said. Right on. All right. Number four. Hey, nukes. This is from Vonoran. Maddie. after the buggy release of Dark Alliance last summer, you asked Xbox to quality check their day one partnerships. With Battlefield 2042 and Dying Light 2 out now... Did Microsoft learn their lesson and dodge these games after many wanted them in Game Pass? Hmm. hmm. Now, I know this is a question for me. Of course, I want you to answer too. Okay, I think Battlefield Battlefield was the one that I was wrong about. I was wrong. That was the one I was pushing for. I was like, because I was going for the, the kill shot on PlayStation. I was like, look, if I'm competing, this is what I'm doing. You're going to have your Call of Duty, which eventually they would absorb. This would have made it a trifecta. But then you took Battlefield, which was looking strong and been like, all right, now we got this, we got Halo. Like, we're the first-person box. We're the big holiday box right now. And see what happens. They don't do that, and that may have been wise, because even in my preview video, I noted, like, this game's a little glitchy. I didn't think it would get as bad as it is now, but Mm -hmm. it was pretty glitchy from even a preview standpoint, which, again, as I said earlier, they show you the best things they can with the game. So it's pretty hard to walk out of a preview going, that was terrible. Uh, uh, You know, but anyway... Uh, Dying Light 2, however, I I don't think that was a bullet dodge because I don't think that was as bad. Uh, I right. think what you're gonna have with Dying Light 2 is a less worse situation, kind of like Days Gone, where Days Gone was really snake bitten by the review process, as Sacred Symbol still talks about to this day. You know, I say a patch still can't fix a fucking terrible story, but oh, I digress. Um, you know, I I feel like Dying Light 2 uh, will have that similar thing where, like I mentioned right in the front of my review, I'm like this game was really buggy when I played it. I'm sure when people come back to that review like a year from now, they'll be like, what was he even talking about when I played it in April was fine. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I don't know if Xbox dodged a bullet on that one. I think that would have been a good one to pull the trigger on. But how are you feeling about what they're doing with quality checking these partnerships for big day one games? It's an
0: interesting one by Valorant because I I understand where he's coming from. But there's a part of me that says it's gonna sound disrespectful that. I don't want to give all the credit to Xbox on this. Like,
1: mm. they
2: had something to do with... All, like, they like they told Battlefield out, oh, fam. We saw what you're doing. It was one of two games that weren't coming to Game Pass. It was Diablo 4 and it was Battlefield, right? That were in the E3 showcase.
0: Good point. It's just like, part of me feels that Game Pass is still a negotiation. And, I, and, and again, I got to hark on it when we had Grub on. And, and we're talking about, you know, how... These third parties and, they, and they're they leveraging. Right. So mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, EA, again, I have no I wasn't in the room, but my guess is that they still value this thing as the monster and, and rightfully so to some extent. Right. Like They always mm-hmm. battlefield it's the one, the type of game they want. And, you know, we're going to we're going to hit all the markers in their mind you know, they, their price may have been astronomical and Microsoft will say, Hey, look, we ain't doing that. You know, we want you, we're still going to have you, but you know, okay, fine. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't know if that's the case with dying light too, but you know, there there is value. And, and then also we do realize that some of these third parties, even they're still playing the back end game, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. like, yo, let's, let's still do the sales up front. Mm-hmm. Then when we teeter in interest, or tie it to another DLC down the road, then we'll come back. And and, and I think game pass is still being leveraged that way by a lot of the big guys. So that's where I'm going with, but listen, if it was the quality team, Mm -hmm. salute to you for dodging the battlefield book. (laughs) If it was,
2: it's hard to tell, but I think you make a really good point that who knows if they're really calling the shots on this one. So time will tell. Let's move on to number five, Chris Marshall. He writes, hey, Dukes, with the upcoming launch of Steam Deck later this month, do you think Microsoft will try to push PC Game Pass on it? The obvious solution is cloud streaming through the browser. But what do you think are the chances are that Microsoft tailors a version of Windows from the Steam Deck for a native Game Pass Windows Store experience? Valve has been clear the Deck is just a PC, but I don't believe Windows in its current form will have a great user experience or technical optimization on the Deck. Thanks and put up your Dukes. How are we feeling about this? How are we feeling about the integration of PC Game Pass on the Steam Deck? Because this is going to be a huge component here. Like Phil was posting pictures of games running on the Steam Deck around its announcement window. So do you think this is going to be a big play? Because it goes back and forth. We always talk about the idea of there's a lot of potential in a portable Xbox more than ever now, thanks to the cloud technology. As much as I want it to be all native and local, but now they see the Steam Deck and they're like, well, we have Valve who's offering us the infrastructure to then use for our own handheld, or do we make use of there?" So where are you at with all of this? Because I think it could go a number of ways, and it's hard to predict. Yeah, well said. I, I think it is, there's
0: so many things that keep changing as this story evolves, right? And mm-hmm. we, we, we have that, we have the fact now, um, you know, what's going on with the Activision Blizzard Situation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know the the Blizzard component and what's going on with Battle.net and, and and that. So you know I w- I'm curious on how that thought process changed. I will say what I'm confident in saying is that they ideally, as much as I don't like this ideally want to push cloud streaming as the mm-hmm. first option the the default option to play on your steam deck so to speak sure because that is their initiative azure servers cloud you could do this through the browser which they've already tested through xbox xbox cloud gaming you can you can put it on your browser and rock right the stadia equivalent now so to speak on some level so they want to push that however we do know the steam deck is a pc we do know that it can you can theoretically install Windows 11 on it or whatever, right? The question to what Chris is saying, is a good point, technically, will that be optimal based on the specification of the Steam Deck? Will mm-hmm. it play right? Will it do that? Because in theory, you should be able to do it. I'm going to test that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to see. Maybe it can't do high demand and stuff, but hey, if I can get my little turn base on the go, or oh, anything that's somewhat decent running, local, yeah. I'm going to push the limits of that deck and right. we're going to see what it could do. I know Microsoft wants me to stream, but mm-hmm. when I want to play, I want to treat it like a switch. I want right. to do my Xbox. You know what I'm saying? So that's me. I'm going to push it. I'll, de- I'll be your beta tester for that. Mm-hmm. What do I you do? What that. do you want?
2: Well, it's so interesting. Cause like for me, I-, I want them just to, priority number one is getting, when it comes to PC game pass, is just getting this thing working right. Because I was using it yesterday. I'm going to be starting up Final Fantasy X shortly for uh, Retro Rebound, an uh, upcoming video. And I found out that the PC version of Final Fantasy X has turbo mode. So I'm like, okay, let me download it on Game Pass, see what it's all about. Because we already know the Game Pass SKU is different from the Steam SKU. Turns out, long story short, by the way, it's the Steam version. So I had to, I had to buy it over there. But when I was doing this, I've been a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber for years, right? Like since they announced that it was a thing, I've been a subscriber of it. Same, And I'm going to sign up or going to download Final Fantasy and they're like, you need to be an Ultimate subscriber. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? You guys have been taking money out of my account constantly. So it's like, it won't let me download the game. I log out of my account, log back in, still tell me I got to upgrade. I'm like, okay, I'll upgrade then. And then obviously, you know, beyond that, the finding of games on this pass is terrible. The app is not good. It's not good. Like for me to find Final Fantasy X, I -hmm. typed in Final Fantasy. (laughs) They showed stuff on the Xbox storefront instead of Final Fantasy X or any Game Pass games, right? So I had to go down to the bottom, click role playing, click turn based, then go, go through all the games there. There was Final Fantasy X. Then I had to do that a second time when I had to sign up that's to me the thing is like i want them to tailor this to the steam deck it's going to be a great option if they can figure that out but to me the the game pass pc version needs work serious technical work it's not in a good state right now i mean mm-hmm. the console experience even has a lot left to be desired in the way of you finding games and right i think the labeling of things like when i mentioned the play later tip to a lot of our audience a lot of people were big on that but the way they label things it's like there should they should call it a queue or a, a wish list or a, right. a, you know a favorites list something mm-hmm. like that i there's a, a lot there like the, the hud is confusing like when my again i think my girlfriend and my brother are perfect examples of people who are like getting into gaming through game pass and so when i'm watching them go through the ui you can really pinpoint problems mm. like and one of them is like these small tiles for show all games right it's like on the right row just tucked away this tiny black square in like, the corner yeah yeah, 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 yeah. why like yeah, if i want to see your whole library that should be option one just drop it all down yeah, yeah. so to me long story short i think just the ui experience and especially the pc experience has a long way to go where uh i am not to dodge the question here from chris all four pc game pass working well with steam deck but i think they need to Sure, up the defenses a little bit before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Any for of sure. That. Okay. With that, thank you everyone for writing in. We still have more write ins to go through, but it's time to get into the news. Let's get it. Number one this comes on the day of us recording. It already feels like an eternity of conversations have taken place on the status of exclusivity involving large Activision franchises since Microsoft's announcement of the intent to purchase the publisher. Statement after statement is poured in from Xbox, trying to bring clarity to the situation, but vague wording gave way to speculation. Now, in a Microsoft blog post on their principled approach to the App Store, we may finally start to have some kind of answer. Quote, First, some commentators have asked whether we will continue to make popular content like Activision's Call of Duty available on competing platforms like Sony's PlayStation. The obvious concern is that Microsoft could make this title available exclusively on the Xbox console, undermining opportunities for Sony PlayStation users. To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular, other popular Activision Blizzard titles mm-hmm. available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond mm. the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. We are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. Mm. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers and for our business. Ooh. This came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, we had we had a it's really hard to digest all of this because of how close in proximity you had Xbox buying Activision, PlayStation buying Bungie, PlayStation saying, yeah, multi-plat everything. Then this Phil Spencer's comments about the, the intent to honor the, the agreements, the <laughs> desires, right? The clearly vague legal wording that mm-hmm. a lawyer would be like, yes, you're, you're fine there, Phil. Right. They're, they're all in such close proximity. It's hard to like pinpoint what is a reaction, if anything to the other stuff, right? Like, is this response here saying, yep, yeah, you know what? This is going everywhere beyond those agreements. A response to how PlayStation handled Bungie because we we've noticed that the calls were made. Phil had an intent to honor. So I know I, I don't I hate to start off with the speculative point, but I couldn't shake it. it off that with everything so close to each other, we should probably tackle that first, get that yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, way, yeah, and then we'll yeah, talk about sure. everything else. So how are for you sure. feeling about overall the proximity of all these situations? And are they feeding off one another? Let me just get it right
0: out in the open. First of all, I got this wrong because I didn't see this coming. I didn't see it coming only based on the pattern of what just transpired with the Zenimax acquisition, right? Zenimax acquisition, you know, the questions start to come. What's going to happen to the properties? Oh, you know, anything where Game Pass exists, right? So, and then prior to that point, any acquisition, Ninja Theory games, Hellblade 2, Outer Worlds 2 from Obsidian, you know, assumed, boom. Point break, there's going to be Xbox exclusive or places or PC or places where Game Pass exists. This one did surprise me. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the caveat. And when we had the Xbox 2 on, right? Shout out to Jez. Jez, Jez, i give you flowers, but you got this right. Jez Corden got this right. Mm-hmm. And I, I did concede this to him. I said, if it doesn't happen... The only reason way I could see it is regulation and public pressure from antitrust and all these things. And the fact that Call of Duty is Call of Duty, this is literally the biggest game going, that that may influence, yo, the deal has to get done at all costs. And here's the thing, Manny. The way I look at it now, I shouldn't have been as surprised as I am because- Look at the complexity of this deal, right? We we're just thinking, but there's the Zenimax Games, Games, Games. You've got King, a mobile portion of this that they have to regulate with Microsoft and get under their umbrella. Then you have the Blizzard, the PC, the BattleNet. You have to regulate and get under their umbrella, right? So with all these factors, there is a part of me, and here's the thing: they put this out on an App Store blog post, which Very-
2: is. Different place. Very
0: different. Right. So to me, again, I'm guessing I get the sense that it is this deal has to complete hell or high water. And if it means concessions with Call of Duty, because let's be clear, even though as a fan or some fans may say, yo, I want exclusive. What the hell are you doing, Microsoft? Mm-hmm. There is a portion. Let's be real. Just like when Colin talked about Sony on budget and sacred symbols, it's like. Every sale, they're getting money. Let's not be clear. Like every sale of Call of Duty on another platform, if, if it being multi-platform, they're going to get their bag, right? And we still can't minimize Game Pass's effect. The same way we always talk about MLB, the show, mm-hmm. in these third-party games. When those games come out on Xbox and it's in Game Pass day and date, it still feels like you get And they'll have the marketing. So it's still a W in that sense. But I, this is the last point I'll say because this is the question I have for you. Where it gets interesting for me because you, to your question, Sony does that, they say, Hey, we're multi plat, like, we're, we're not stopping it, right? And now you see this, and Microsoft comes out and says, No, we're not gonna, you know, mess, and and, and not only call dude, it do it, they say.
2: Other, what is it? What's the sentence? Other Other popular Activision Blizzard titles. Is that Overwatch? Is that, what is that? Right? So so the
0: question I have for you, because this is the one that's all my mind, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. has the game changed on some level because now they put themselves in a position because it's almost like talking outside of your mouth two times. because on one hand you say where well, game pass exists another hand now we're gonna play now so which when the net, when crystal dynamics happens or yep. any future acquisition happens, What are are they going to do? Are they going to be able to say, oh, no, no, no. Game Pass exists and these are stays exclusive. So people are going to say, but what about the Call of Duty Activision thing? You just said that you will open this up to all borders. You're not going to take it away. Mm -hmm. See, that's the portion here that I'm very curious to see what happens moving forward. Is this a changing in the guard with acquisition and consolidation now? Or is it just because Call of Duty is that big, we got to make a session? I'm done rambling. It's on you. I'm down to know what you got to say.
2: Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot I got to unload here. Uh, so, you know, you it's it. funny because they, they say Call of Duty. That one makes sense, right? I, I should also, before I even go further, I will concede as well that that I was one who was be- beating the war drum that, like, you're going to keep Wars on Multiply. Call of Duty is going to go exclusive. Here's why I'm a little bothered by this. And I know as a host of the Xbox podcast, people are going to think I'm bothered by the idea that it's not exclusive to my you platform. You may. You may. Yeah, I'm pissed. What I'm bothered by, and you really touched on it here, is the both sides of the mouth speaking. When you get Bethesda, Phil's words were, this is a deal about getting great exclusive games to platforms where Game Pass exists. That is the standard that's been set now. You lock down Elder Scrolls six. So I'm not saying Elder Scrolls Six is on the level of Call of Duty, but let's not deny that Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls series sniff that territory a little bit. There is an absurd amount of popularity. Skyrim is still, 10 years later, one of the most played video games ever. On PC, on console, to the point where it's re-released to you six times. So they have no problem locking that down, but you're not going to lock down popular Activision Blizzard titles. Is that Spyro? Is that Crash? Is that Diablo? Diablo. Those are popular. Yeah. What does that mean? What you know, for me, the problem is you don't want to make these exclusive. That's great. I want more people to play games. You know, I, I love to create videos about games, so I want more people to play them. So when we talk about them, everyone can get in on the conversation. Like that's a win-win for everybody. But what you know, what are you trying to accomplish now? If, if Bethesda's deals were for you know getting exclusives, is the Activision deal for Game Pass? That's right. the clarity that we just don't still have, in my opinion, here. That's where I'm leaning. Is okay. We saw PlayStation's deal.ing They their deal to me as I get further away from it either screams desperation or Spartacus support. Spartacus and I think term, it's the latter. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going towards the subscription service medium. It's something we touched on a lot last year, uh, last week. And I'm thinking that okay, Microsoft may not have exclusives, but they have the option to say you can spend seventy over there where we own Call of Duty now. We're gonna get money for every sale on PlayStation, or you can be a subscriber in our service. And that's still a huge win for them. And I know it breaks the norm of what console warriors call a win, but it, it, it is a win to save money. I just find myself very frustrated by not only the, again, the, the both eyes of the mouth, but the attitude Xbox gave people with, again, Elder Scrolls 6. Like the, how many times we got to explain this? The, the the real cracking of the whip on fans like, no, man, like this Bro. is an exclusive to our platform and, and beating it over their head. And I, I don't get how you can take that approach, making it clear like, oh, PlayStation wanted to do the whole used game disc thing. You guys wanted to play the third party game. You guys wanted to kill us out of this game. We're going to play with blood money now. And when they start to, they walk it back. I, I think you're on the right track here that this is them really trying to get it done no matter what because otherwise i think these are getting locked down and leaving the door open to other popular activision blizzard titles again it's like the fuck are we doing here what are we doing
0: you're on fire you're on fire i mean i think that's what is it again we got to be clear you said but this is not about fanboying this is not about yo we're the Dukes are mad because it's not <laughs> no, it's not we should
2: name the title of this episode The Dukes Are Mad. The Dukes are mad. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: fam. That this is not that. What this, this. is, is messaging. Mm. Messaging and confusion. Mm. Again, Maddie, you said it so well. I you know when you just took me to that place, you took me to that place of the Microsoft Bethesda press conference. And the whole thing about Starfield. You know how many times they kept mentioning Starfield exclusive? Like mm. they were. Beating their chest about exclusivity. So, if you put that energy out there, right, the expectation is this is how it is moving forward. This is how you've been moving. Now, we get it. The stakes have changed, I guess, on some level with this. I understand that, but it still doesn't negate the fact that your messaging looks mixed. It looks mixed. Very mixed. What happens with acquisition? Now you are subjected to every acquisition, the questioning of every game. Whether or not, here mm-hmm. or now, in or out, th- we're back there again. So that, that's all I was going to say there. But to your point, which was, again, well said, at the end of the day, this is still good, right? Now, PlayStation owners, you have nothing to worry about, right? You you can still mm-hmm. play the game, right? Yep. Fine. Great. The other thing is, like we said, with Game Pass, tremendous value. Hey, you don't want to spend 70 over there? You're over here in this, in this ecosystem. Boom. You get it. Now the question, though, mm-hmm. is for me, is... Besides the Diablos, the Overwatch, and all that. Then is once this deal concludes and we know they're not finished, what's gonna happen when Steve Dallas and Crystal Dynamics come into build? What's gonna yeah. happen if IO is a target? What's gonna happen if Sega is a target? Here we go again. And that's mm-hmm. the part that's just mm-hmm. like the, they they I don't know how they
2: resolve this. Damn, they're, in a, they're in a spot. PlayStation brought them down to their level on that one, man, because PlayStation, you know, is going to have this awkward scenario, I think, with Bungie and the rest of their first party studios where there's a clear gap, like a clear echelon, a yeah. tier system, if you will, where any new studio coming in is be like, we get getting that treatment or this treatment, right? Exactly. And I feel like they're kind of walking into that now where every deal is different. So Bethesda might be going, well, we want to release our games on PlayStation. You know, and I, I, maybe they have autonomy to do so, but like, you know, now that's what's going to happen. And as you absorb more and more, maybe IOs like, well, we still want to be multi-platin. It seems like they're willing to do that stuff, but I don't know how one mega deal is for exclusives and one isn't. Yes. The one where you pay nine times the value isn't. No, I, again. I no skin off my nose. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: playing Call of Duty regardless, wherever. Yeah. I'm playing. All I can be honest. I mean, honestly, I mean yeah. Activision for me, it's either you know, Diablo's, the Overwatch. Want to see that? But yeah, it's a good point. I mean, as a gamer, it doesn't affect me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But as a person who loves the industry and likes to see how things chart, this is very interesting to me. Like, mm-hmm. where where does this go I'm moving forward? But this is this is great. And this was definitely a surprise. I was like, wow, this this mm-hmm. we gonna have stuff to talk about
2: yeah absolutely I, I, and the <laughs> other thing that i think is getting swept under the rug here and this is again just the way microsoft is in general they like to word things certain ways where you have to look at it and go huh does that mean something let's talk about the wording here of support nintendo's successful platform mm. and this is in reference to activision blizzard titles and obviously we could throw like crash insane trilogy in there spyro uh reignited trilogy in there as like ones that are in the mix but one thing that they don't have is like call of duty and we just saw in this nintendo direct a number of cloud-based titles were announced and more and more i feel like we got to be inching towards a place where we're going to see a game pass app on the uh, nintendo switch right It's it's got to be just a matter of time <sighs> this is
0: I know things, but I can't say something like this.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I will say you this. I will,
0: me. Say, I will I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is what I can't. This is what I can't. But I will say this. There is interest. Look, you, I, it's not even nothing public knowledge. We saw the shelf. Yeah. Right? We saw There's Phil inter- Shelf. There's interest. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that, that's all I can say there. We, we know there is interest on both sides there. And, you know, whether or not what the holdups are, we, you know, whatever. But it is, I'm with you. hmm it is interesting Nintendo is being named here. They don't never had really Call of Duty like that, like to be honest, right? Damn. You know, however, we do know, you know, as a person who follows the Switch, you know, you've had the control, the cloud version, Resident Evil, the cloud version, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever, we do know. Sony on the backbone, Azure, we've partnered with them. So this is what I think. I think this way you're on to something, and is that the, the, the thing, the fear of this consolidation part that a lot of people are having, I think ultimately, Microsoft may look at it. Is it in our best interest not to cripple these two, right? Because at the end of the day, we are big player services. Let's be honest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Game Pass, Azure. Azure is really, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the banking on that, streaming and all this, right? So I say that to say that it is more beneficial from, if it's down to dollars and cents, Right. It's more beneficial to just say, "Hey, it, it'll it'll live there, it'll go there, and then you use our Azure backbone, right? And mm-hmm. then if you want the Game Pass, you allow it. You allow you want a curated version or whatever. Like you know, so um, what you call it? Shout out to Colin and those guys. You know, he, you know, he he firmly believes it's going to come to PlayStation at some point. You know, and it just comes to down to doesn't. right. So maybe in the scheme of Big business, I say this to say, it's my whole White Walkers theory, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas. Yeah, these two, you got, you went to war with these two for years, right? But the greater threat is, yo, you don't want Tencent. You don't want Apple. You don't want someone, Amazon, who really does not know the game business coming in here, scooping you up. If I weaken you two, we're Mm -hmm. better together, playing together in this ecosystem that we are the game creators and we have the experience. So I understand the greater good. I understand that. The question just comes down to, again, You open yourself up. What is what isn't? What's what's the purpose of acquisition? Because you've told us it's all about where Game Pass lives and you strengthening Game Pass for this exclusivity. That's out now. You, You can't really use that because this example literally goes against that. Because why you're not strengthening game pass, but you're making your wallet bigger, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? So that's all this is. This is very interesting,
2: man. It's
0: it's February, man. It is. What the hell is is going
2: on in gaming? I know. know. It's it's fun. It's It's fun. fun. It's fun to talk. I enjoy it. Yeah. We have more to say on Nintendo, which we'll get into in one of our later news items. But for now, that's all that's going on with Activision, Call of Duty, PlayStation, Microsoft, and. I'm sure it'll continue to develop. For now, let's move on to number 2. It's a bit of a write-up, so bear with me, because it was supposed to be our number 1. <laughs> but things change. <laughs> this got bumped. <laughs> yeah. The missions change, they always have. All right. Swoof. The Xbox One generation was mired in bad business decisions by Microsoft, and as we all know, it nearly killed the brand. While it's easy to point the finger at the, at their obvious missteps, in some cases, more than one entity can share the blame for that generation's failures, and one such example is with Platinum Games, who is set to release the ambitious-looking Scalebound exclusive to Xbox One back in 2016 before its cancellation. It was an online co-op game involving open, expansive spaces, Platinum's tried-and-true action-packed combat, and humongous dragons that participated in battle with you. There was nothing that looked quite like it at the time, and since the plug has been pulled, Platinum has been extremely apologetic, dating back as recently as 2019, where studio head Atsushi Inaba said, quote, Both sides failed, and the game didn't do all the things that we needed to do as a developer. Watching fans get angry at Microsoft over the cancellation wasn't easy for us to watch, because the reality is, when any game in development can't get released, it's because both sides failed. I think there are areas where we could have done better, and I'm sure there are areas that Microsoft as a publishing partner wish they could have done better, because nobody wants the game to be quote. Now, Platinum Games is beginning to plead to Xbox. In a recent interview with IGN Japan, both studio head Atsushi Inaba and director Hideki Kamiya were straightforward with their desires revolving around a scale-bound revival. Quote, Often in an interview, you might hear a developer politely saying, yes, if we had the opportunity, we'd love to work on that again, but don't really mean it in that way. Both Kamiya and I are serious. We'd really love to work on scale-bound again. I'd like to discuss it with Microsoft properly. This is a followed by development has progressed a fair way and it seems pointless for Microsoft to hold on to that and not do anything with it. Kamias follows up saying, Phil, Phil, let's do it, end mm. quote. The timing couldn't be more particular for Platinum Games as they find themselves in a transitional state. They've silently had their heads down toiling away on the long-anticipated Bayonetta, th- Bayonetta 3. Previews for Babylon's fall, the studio's first attempt at a games-as-a-service title, met downright scathing reception. They not only took an investment from Tencent, but are working on a Project GG, which currently doesn't have many details. Now they wish to work on games that are loved for a longer period of time (laughs) and an Xbox co-op game in the Game Pass ecosystem sure makes sense. Here's what Inaba had to say about that. Quote, I would like to focus on creating games that can be enjoyed and loved for a longer period of time. Project GG is still in the testing stage of various things, so I can't tell you much about it. But when it comes to future game production, we want to focus on creating games that are different from the past. Considering the changes in the market over the next five years or so, I think it's absolutely necessary for us to do this, end quote. Lucius Augustus writes in, hello Dukes, I need all you to stop the cap. (laughs) Scalebound was trash when we saw it years ago. Platinum Games had a chance to give Xbox a good product and they failed. Though Platinum Games has had a great history of games, I don't really trust them to take Xbox seriously and provide them a quality product. Do you really think, after spending years on Bayo 3, having that new Project GG in the works, and working on a new games-as-a-service title for Tencent, that they will give Scalebound, or whatever Xbox project, the time of day to make it quality? I think not. I hope you Dukes have a. This game looks terrible and runs at 22 FPS. Kinda day, Tog, man. This is a game yeah. we've been talking about recently a lot, and here we are talking about a revival. I want to dish it to you right away as the man who hosted the Xbox One post mortem. One of the one of the 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 forgotten ones could be coming back. Yeah, this is the game that will not die. And what's crazy is we did we
0: forgot to mention scale battle on this. And that was one of the biggest parts really? of the Xbox wow. generation. One of the biggest wow. L. Another L. Wow. <laughs> you know, well, it was just a crazy generation. But um, shout out to Lucius, his disf- uh, Discord member. You know what I'm saying? That's the homie. Yeah. He's yeah. going extra hard. He's going extra hard. You know, look, I get it. Mm-hmm. This did not work out on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. I want to shout out because I got to give him his flowers. He's been on fire right now. Jez Corden. We call him oh, wow. We got. He has some insight, more insight on this that I didn't know recently. Now, granted, I've always stated. That if Kamia, the man who blocks everyone on Twitter, the man who's. I ego couldn't see is, the tweet when you sent it to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you see, because you got to go to another guy because he doesn't block you. I interviewed yeah. the man. I met the man. I interviewed Platinum Games on Lords of Gaming.net. I have both of them, Adama and Kamia, on. I got blocked. I don't know, just because someone <laughs> mentioned me and it was English, I never said a word to him, but I got blocked. That's let you know how his block game, how he yeah. get down. Anyway, yeah. I love you, though. I love you, though, Kamia. So, anyway, so here's the thing He, the way his personality, the way they are, like, they would never admit anything to this nature, and, and, and in my opinion, and begging, and not begging, but pleading with Phil mm-hmm. to want to do this game unless there is accountability on their side. And I've always felt that way. However, Jez made some additional points that I, that I was unaware of with this situation, which was, on well, the Xbox Two salute to them, which is, you know, we do know they were, at the time of Scalebound, they were unfamiliar with Unreal Engine. They had never really worked with that before right Then, so you got that aspect then you have the aspect of yeah they may be doing a little bit too many projects i'm not gonna say that's not a factor but also and we have a little bit of evidence even though it's anecdotal with the way xbox thought process with games on their platform hey could you add a co-op mode if possible mm-hmm, hey mm-hmm. so that, I heard, was added to their plate. And, you know, and it, it, it just, from my understanding, this thing started to snowball on them. They just couldn't between the, the and then let's be real, Xbox One, mm. the the performance at that time. And this is where Lucius is right. And when them, them frames, I remember some of them early previews. I was like, yeah. ooh. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't looking sharp. Now, as far as the stop the cat part, that's where I got to get my man. I love him. Shout out to him, He's a good dude. The thing about that where I'm disagree with him and the people say, don't bring it back, which I'm not, because Maddie, this is where me and you go in the line. Xbox needs these type of games. You need these type of, these style of games on your platform. You don't have that, those Japanese sensibilities, those over the top, you know, type games. No, this is what I think. Clearly the relationship is severed, is broken. And Phil, they canceled it. And it mm-hmm. look, that's a bad look for Platinum. But at the end of the day, it's a bad look, but I will say this for them to care this month much about it. Maybe we get to a point that it's not revived in the traditional sense, but maybe it's revived. And OK, you know what? We not may not work with you to do this exclusively under our banner, mm-hmm. but we may say, OK, we go into the rights. We release the rights to you. You got you make it multi-plat. But OK, maybe we do a game pass deal. And maybe that's the olive branch here. Because it may be severed to the point of them doing an exclusive reimagining of this thing again. But maybe there's a chance that you go, okay, this is what I'm willing to do. And Phil, right. I mean, like he's gotta hear this. I mean, you, you see the the pictures on Twitter, the thank you, Phil must have sent him something. And you're like, I've never seen this level of yo, we wanna do this game so bad. So for fans to scale about, hey, you may get what you want. You know what I'm saying? And the game may come back in some form. It may not be an exclusive, but we'll see what's your thoughts on it? I never got a chance to really
2: ever deep dive with you with Scalebound, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No. It was uh before our time. If yes, you will. before
0: our time. Before
2: yes. Our time. Uh it was a game I was really excited about. I mean, I'm a, I'm like you. Know, I'm a big Platinum Games fanboy. Like, Astro Chain was my game of the year in 2019. I uh, uh, see? This is why we the Dukes. Yeah, Smile, yeah it's exactly. It's yeah, a, it's, it's, it's so cool. under-discussed. Everyone's like, Bayonetta. I'm like, give me Astro Chain Astro too. Chain Come on now. Woo. Come on now. Hold that go. bad boy in. But anyway. Hell yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like the idea of more Platinum in my life. Um, they've... Definitely since Astro Chain not had me as gripped. We're talking almost three years now. Uh, and, you know, we've seen Babylon's Fall, Beta 3, Development Hell. You know, it's, it's tough to trust them. I, I do agree with Lucius on that. I do think it's, you got to really put yourself out there to trust them. But there's no denying this, that when you look at what Scalebound was supposed to be, it really fits the Game Pass mold nowadays. It really does. Co-op. Yeah. Loot-based. Imagine that. Like, that is the... Oh, Phil's probably salivating at the idea of this right now. He's like, yo, this is it. Like, another one? Okay. Let's do it. Let's get some subscribers in here. I like the Xbox team because it seems like they're game with anything. I would be very surprised if they didn't pick up the phone here because here's why you do this. self like. Yeah, come on. down. break it. Yeah. Not even because I want the game. Phil, you got someone from Japan who wants to work with you. Thank you. They want to work with you, man. What? You all got Sega with the knife behind their back going, can we use your Azure server for our super game and then go in a separate interview? Yes, we're actually not going to do any (laughs) exclusive games for them. (laughs) And as they reveal the blade, it's like you got someone who's itching to work with you, man. Take advantage. We don't see a reputable Japanese company allying themselves with you anywhere. And the one that got burnt by your team wants to work with you. Show them the turnaround. Show them the turnaround, right? Because what I said in my video was this, that if you really want to represent how different Xbox is as a brand now, Game Pass is great. You got your exclusives now. Awesome. But what's really going to say to a lot of people that the internal mindset is different is if you roll in the past failure and you get it out and you show Mm. like... Look what can happen with us. Like we are built different. I think that'd be a statement type of game. And I know you don't make games for those types of reasons, but I think right. if you have a good experience with Platinum, right? You, you, you yeah. know, dig up this relic from the past, get it out there. I think more Japanese developers are calling you. We don't got to wait for that Kojima Game Awards reveal. <laughs> you know, we don't got to wait for them to buy Sega when they're done being backstabbers mm-hmm. and, and let go of Persona finally on mm-hmm. PlayStation, right? This could be a step in that direction, I'm an sold. important step. So I, I, I gotta for fairness play devil's
0: advocate I want your, your As answers, always please. Your answers to this I am with you I, I think they need to do this for all those reasons now there is a is a very vocal group of gamers xbox gamers that will mm. say, we gave you a chance, you burnt the bridge you you know you messed you know crap the bed <laughs> <laughs> um, but why are you begging now maybe mm. because you down on your luck? Yeah, maybe that's why I put it right up. The bag, is, up. There. The bag is low, and, yeah. and, and you seeing that game pass money floating around, and mm. maybe because your last couple of games ain't really pop, now here you come running. Talk about, let's work together. Does that give you any trepidation on the stability of platinum games and maybe internally mm. things are not as good as
2: should be yeah they went independent recently right um the time they apologized about things involving scalebound was when they just released astral chain so they weren't down on the luck then right a lot of this started with when they revealed babylon's fall and people were like oh cool i remember i was hyped for babylon's fall everyone thought it was a new single player game like this post-apocalyptic anime action rpg i was like okay sick and then you find out it's a live service game it doesn't look as good (laughs) So yeah, I think there is some validity to what people are saying here, but look, mm-hmm. if that's the foundation of our reasoning, why are we all coming back to Xbox after a mm. generation of failure, right? Good point. Good point. Let's let's rebuild. You know, if, if someone fucks up once, should that be the end of the road for them? My man, I think to. not. I think not. That is a, a philosophy in life itself. But here when we're talking JRPGs, it's especially true. I think that this is a this is a partnership they should at least explore, right? Because yeah. Again, it, it, I, I hate to just sound like a broken record with stuff I've said, but I just feel like when you are struggling in a region and you got a partnership there that can help you build in that region. No presence in the region. That's yeah, cool. no presence, right? Mm-hmm. Your console struggling to sell in that region. Like you even had Scarlet Nexus that would do everything with you, but game Pass day one. Get to work, Phil, get to work, pick up the phone. Yeah. It's ringing. And my thing is this, like, even if you like, if you're so be like, you know what? That chick burnt
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> like Man. even if it's that yeah. right you could still say alright maybe we don't we not gonna go steady and I'm gonna date you mm. Whatever. We, we could start talking get the dialogue popping with get it at least yeah. multi-plat on the platform yeah. and maybe you throw a little game pass bag that way if you like what you see so that that's where I'm at it's just like to just I, I'm a firm but my gut tells me Phil they, they're smart because this is put public pressure on Xbox mm. on some level
2: Let's be sure. honest,
0: right? Sure. So I love the, I actually like to move by them. And I'm hoping that that phone call does happen because I, I'm so with you, man. Like you, d- d- Japanese developers are not easy to come by. That want to work with you? An American yeah. company? Like, yeah. So let's do it. Give them a trial run. Let them earn their stripes back on the multi-plat. It doesn't they even duck. have to be scale-bound. That's the thing. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Just oh, whatever. You get them the IP back, whatever. I'm going to tell you what I really want can I get Astro Chain 2 on Xbox with the right frame break and the thing? Can you can mm-hmm. you broker that deal so mm-hmm. I can get it off the Switch and play it on the other file? Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see
2: that on a Series Dude, X. Astro like, Chain needs to leave the Switch. I'm sorry. I, anything you. they've made, that game needs to leave the Switch. It's not even 30 FPS, but not yes. only that, man, it sold well Whew. and then it pieced out. Give it the Octopath treatment. Bring it to yes. PC. Bring it to Xbox. Put, put the sequel pass. on Xbox. I, I'm totally with you. I'm feeling what you're saying there because that's a series with way too much damn potential because you could tell the writers at Platinum were taking notes when working with Yoko Taro because if you play the stories of any Bayonetta game, it made no fucking sense. It was an amazing game. It made no fucking sense. Then you play Astro Chain. It plays with your expectations a little bit. Some good characters in there. You're like, oh, who's this Kyle guy? You know, it's... That chain
0: system with the thing. Oh my God. It was so stylish and cool and still some of the best um, police station still uh, music I, I remember oh yeah that, po- that's, that's that police yeah. station beat woo! yeah woo, woo, woo. <laughs> it's cool like you were the club in that beat but anyway but i digress <laughs> i i want those games on xbox get that relationship popping bro you yeah. i know you would actually fake because you knew what
2: i was talking about <laughs> <laughs> dude the, the, the arc facility music like oh. the action the action track like the boom, 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 boom. oh my god man that soundtrack's so good i i that's a game that needs to leap Switch. It just yes. needs to. that and well, Ultimate Rise be- Three. If I'm if I'm Phil, I'm on a war path to get those two out of there. <laughs> yes, get them going, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is for now a multi platform company. It appears oh, we're multi platform. We, we yeah. care about Nintendo. Wait, so, hey, let's let's care. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, number three. This one has to be talked about. Halo Infinite broke out of the gate with insane numbers, resting at over 200,000 active players on Steam at its early launch of the multiplayer and within Xbox's top five most played titles for months on end. Developer 343 Industry also made fans aware that this is the most successful Halo game in the series, surpassing 20 million players. Now, things are beginning to slip ever so slightly. Halo Infinite is sitting at around 15,000 to 25,000 active players on Steam per day, and the game has moved down to number six, on the player charts for Xbox Game Pass, for perspective, according to the Steam charts, there is a clear month-over-month decline that is said to be sharp. So, the monthly average in November was 120, 102,000. Then in December it was 51,000, and in January it's 23,000. Cody Smith writes in, "Hi Duke buds, it looks like Halo Infinite might be having problems retaining players." An article in Business Insider paints an alarming picture of Infinite losing both Steam players and Twitch viewership. And when asked about current player counts, Xbox representatives cited an older tweet about the cumulative cumulative, 20 million player count. Even with updates coming, do you guys think Infinite can keep its legs up? Cog, is it dead? Move from five to six? Not dead.
0: We're not going to do that. But I'm going to surprise people. They have a problem. Mm. This is a problem. This is this is I'm taking this serious. I'm sorry. I'm not normally I'm Mr. Positive Cog, y'all know me, but nah. Let me tell you why. This is a bad look. The fact that this is free to play. (laughs) This is free to play, right? And on PC, the stories I'm hearing, you know, from my PC brothers. The optimization, the, the issue, some of the issues are going there, they're having the cheating is crazy. Yep. It is crazy. And remember, someone got at me. I ain't going to call them out from the Patreon with, Cog, why you want the skill? Ba-? Because the skill based matchmaking that they got takes your account of big team battle mm-hmm. and all these other modes. Oh, I shouldn't say all these other modes because there ain't a lot of modes. That's another yeah. reason why it's failing. <laughs> but, you know, failing. I should say declining, excuse me. But the, the thing is, it's, it's, you, 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 it's such a weird system that is factoring in these casual modes in the skill base. So now if I'm great in team battle, I'm playing ranked against these super sweats, then the cheating. And it's just like, look, you got a problem. I, this is the prediction I set as a Destiny fan. You're only as good with live service games as your live team. There's the, mm. there's the people who build out the new content, like stating and those guys they may be working on the expansion and they're working on the the, the the endless and all whatever you know people if you ain't ended by now come on stop you should, I, you know don't get yeah. mad at me if i say yeah that. Yeah, yeah you know what yeah, i'm saying but it's like you know you, they're working on this you know and, and and all this stuff but it's like the guys that are in the day-to-day that got to deal with this and then you've got this awful monetization model that they, you can't you can't even buy a separate helmet you got to buy a whole package of a whole ensemble of things for 15 like it's just and if you're not nimble and agile enough, mm-hmm. you will get left behind. And that's what PC is showing me. On console, they seem to be okay. But PC, they're not dealing with these issues. They're not dealing with cheating. They're not dealing with your bad monetization. They're not dealing with server issues. and how- They're not. Mm-hmm. So you better get it together or else. Yeah. That's what I got to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's why... Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a little less alarmed, and I'll explain why, but it oh, yeah. is why on certain topics on my personal channel mr maddie place i would fire a channel by the way you thank you mm-hmm. i would uh bring up these things a lot of people were like you're just hey clicking halo infinite you just want viewership even though like i'll upload a dying light review and it'll do double my normal xbox news it's almost mm-hmm. like i just give a fuck about what xbox is Talk doing but you know i highlighted some of these things like the i made a whole video dedicated to how bad the monetization was in halo infinite i was like i don't care if it's free to play this is fucking terrible and a lot of people were like, no, Matt, come on, man. It's not that bad. It's just this thing. There was a lot of that. It's just missing Slayer. It's not anymore, but you get my point. It's Good just point. a free-to-play shop. It's just aim bots. There was a lot of things hitting them from all angles, and it began to snowball. So that's a big reason why you're seeing the player base dip. But here's my glass half full take. Let's go. I'm not too concerned.
0: Oh, break it down. Yes. Take, take me off the edge. Take me away. Yeah. Year.
2: I don't think I can take anyone off the edge because I think both sides are valid here. Like, if you're concerned, I think this game should overall be doing well, but they don't have the progression system to keep a player base. And right now, I love Halo Infinite. I was playing last night. Love Halo Infinite coming in, playing a couple matches. Such an amazing set of gameplay systems. Amazing, yeah. Right. But that's the thing. We got a core with no meat on it. Mm, It's really hard to make the argument... If someone came to me and went, should I play Halo Infinite or should I play MCC multiplayer? Really tough reason to give them why they should be going into Infinite with its problems, its monetization, which I know they've slashed the prices. But just when you look at the collective experience that MCC offers, it's really hard to make this argument. Here's why you should go to Infinite. Not only that, but on a personal level, like these infinite cosmetics are already fucking dumb. I'm sorry, man. I'm already tired of seeing cybernetic Mohawks. Dudes on Fire is one thing, but the, this this the bad pink fire animation. neon sorry. uh visors. I just uh, cat ears. I'm like, I thought we were gonna be at season eight when I got this shit. We're doing this at season one. What's this game gonna look like? It's it looked I'm sorry, but like playing it is just distracting now. I can't stand it. But I know that's a a personal gripe. The reason why I'm just overall not concerned is as I said, progression is right now we got a big issue with the launch of this game where the battle pass is too slow. Then they put so many systems in there that apparently for a lot of people it's too fast. We get a lot of occasional write-ins about that, about the idea that they're done with the battle pass. And that's the thing is I think a lot of people are done with the Battle Pass. I have mm-hmm. a friend who stopped playing Halo Infinite because he's done. And it's that's complete. why the real numbers will be told And I'm hoping, Season 2, when we've got a progression system that says, "Hey, it's not just the Battle Pass. It's match after match. You're getting XP for things. These score points that we're counting up actually amount to something. Because progression is the heartbeat of multiplayer. I know it's tough Agreed. to say because... 100. Halo Infinite's a standing example of how even with amazing gameplay mechanics, uh, a household name, everything working for you, that if progression's not there to keep pulling you along, people will leave. They'll leave. But I think they'll come back. That's the thing. I think they'll come back because Halo Infinite's undeniably fun. But right now, there's just too many other options, not only underneath its own umbrella with Halo MCC, but elsewhere, and they got a lot of problems. So I think, Cog, I'm not trying to talk you off the edge here Mm because I do think... There's reason to be concerned, but I also think there's reason not to be like when, when I saw websites, I got to call them out. When I saw a website saying, you know, infinite falls out of the top five. Most played. I click and it's number six. Fuck <laughs> yourself. <laughs> fuck <laughs> yourself. That is stupid of you to do. That is so absurdly misleading. And I'm a goddamn YouTuber. Okay. <laughs> like, <sighs> come on. Really? top five to number six like if it was seven or eight i'd be like all right i guess it's kind of falling out of the pack it fell one spot to roblox <laughs> one of the most popular games and, and is it really bad to be in the top 10 on xbox i don't know my friend had one interesting argument i want to know what you think and i'll dish it back to you Break it down he was like he was kind of bothered by the headlines too and he was like look what i don't like is that the campaign came out a lot of people moved to game pass so of course the, the steam numbers are going to dip do you agree with that that idea do you think there was that many people because i don't know
0: I don't know because yeah, my feelings I still feel those are two separate faces. I don't I don't I don't personally see that. You know, I don't have the data to prove it. I don't see it. I just think the reason why I'm frustrated is only because it's like I'm always gonna stay on them on the PC side. Like I just yeah. want that component to be fixed. I'm not worried about the console dude. Console dude is good. They they I'm looking, it's still doing what it's doing. I, I just feel like, yo, you gotta get this right for the PC community. You haven't been doing right by the PC community and, and here's a slam dunk you know what I mean like free to play and your game is good your game is good <laughs> like it's not that your game is track like your game is good so it's just like yo you gotta get on this man you gotta be nimble you gotta be agile you gotta be reactionary now I do I, I did hear uh, some of I guess the anti cheat some stuff is coming at the end of the month but it's like we gotta be but you said it best progression 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 investment people have to feel the reason to stay in here and they got to do bit a bit better than just some mohawks and then you know and the thing and you know i'm with you i mean they yeah, got it's, you a, gotta... it's
2: it's sorry it's just a bad look when you're feeding your your store you're changing the prices late and then the anti-cheat system and the fixing of aimbots is coming late late february and you've moved back your roadmap. it's bad it's a bad look you can't be doing that
0: but can i get a duke some credit again We were the ones that said this thing's coming on in hot, Mm -hmm. right? We the one, and these are the. This is what happens now. So it's like, yeah, you got the short term, you got the millions, you got the. I get it, but you better hope that's not at the expense of the long tail, Mm -hmm. and you end in more important. You know, that's you want this to be a run. That's why I'm never in. You know, against the delay because I want you to ship at your best, and we still don't have forge, we still, I mean, co-op is going to get delayed even further. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, my yeah. rant's over, but I just, I just wanted to, for the people who was like, no, bro, you don't delay. These are the things that start to, to start to add up. You know, mm-hmm. and you just, you just got to keep your eye open. That's all.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. So we'll see where it goes. Curious to see when they're going to bring co-op in because that's supposed to be next, right? Season yeah. – season, or they say it was season two co-op was coming and then – yeah, season three was Forge, and now that that's been delayed. Delayed, yeah. Yeah, they delayed the announcement of the plans. Ugh, we'll we'll, see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. Number four, this isn't really Xbox related, um, it's Nintendo again, but I thought that their words were quite interesting at a time of mergers and acquisitions. So, in a time where an acquisition can strike at any moment, it is important to monitor the words of all possible participants, one of which is Nintendo, who many thought would be getting in on the fun during a time of consolidation. Quite the opposite is happening, in fact. As president of Nintendo, Shuntaro Furukawa, had the following to say to Bloomberg when asked if his company is in the buyer's market. Quote, Our brand was built upon products crafted with dedication by our employees. And having a large number of people who don't possess Nintendo DNA in our group would not be a plus to the company. End quote. The plan for Nintendo is to inject 100 billion yen and approximate $864.8 million U.S. dollars into its current development studios. Its last studio purchase came in the form of next level games, a partnership spanning back to two thousand five where the team made Super Mario Strikers for the GameCube. I actually wrote this beforehand and when I was seeing Super Mario Strikers, I was like, Man, I missed that game and now they're making a new one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's pretty funny. But uh I thought this was interesting, Cog, because we see here that Nintendo's not playing this game, and mm-hmm. I see some some people running with it, going like, "We'll see," you know, Colin. <laughs> I'm just I like was thinking of him. This, yeah. is what, this is who I was thinking about with this. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, does Nintendo have to play this game when you got Mario, Pokemon, Zelda? Do they have to build this up? Like, they're they're look at their subscription service in a time of. It, I'm not even saying this against Colin, by the way. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. speaking my He's, thoughts now. I'm just ribbing Colin a little bit, yeah, but. Yeah, but
0: we have
2: fun you know for me i feel like we're heading again i'm gonna say it multiple times Mm -hmm. towards a a subscription service based industry Mm -hmm. right which Mm -hmm. sucks as a physical game collector but i feel like that's where we're heading look at nintendo subscription service look what they got in there right it's it's their old stuff they're not doing virtual console that's done that's a thing of the past what they're doing here is, is dipping right into that nostalgia so they don't need to go and buy teams by ip they got ip that you'll pay for again <laughs> so uh, how are you feeling about nintendo's stance here
0: they're the most unique company i've ever seen like they they. <laughs> shout out to the nintendo dna <laughs> i was about to say that the dna like that is hilarious to be honest yep, but it, yep. it, it's kind of real in the sense that like they don't they don't have to listen to anyone. They just beat to their own drum and they, they know their base to the point mm-hmm. where it's like, we are going to, but we sat there and laughed at like, yo, they really going to do this Mario Kart 8 DLC. <laughs> like really, that's what we really do. They put in
2: the expansion pass. That's
0: what, <laughs> and like they literally sell it, reselling the Wii U catalog throughout pretty much this whole generation whenever there's gaps. But to their credit, like, they have shown we don't need to play that game. We're our own thing. They're the wacky, to mm-hmm. the And it's funny, the reason why I'm laughing with the Kyle situation is because I know how much he loves the organic stuff and the internal and the nurturing stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, Nintendo's kind of doing what he wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he should be a Nintendo fan because Nintendo's literally doing that to the core. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that is like, they are standing on their square amongst all type of pressure. But in their, in their defense, like, we kind of act like they're not dominating both sony and microsoft Mm -hmm. it's weird right like they Mm -hmm. they they omitted from the conversation kind of like but they are dominating right and it just goes to show you that this the industry is so cool that we could have three distinct companies doing things their own way and still having success Mm -hmm. and kudos to them you know I've chilled on being a you know mind brainwashed by them all the time, yeah. but I have to admit the Switch was an amazing product. They got me back, you know, with that. So yeah, salute to them. I thought it was interesting. They said no, 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 we we good. We we they don't subscribe to the Nintendo DNA. They're not willing to be a part of our company. Hey, kudos to you, bro. You you, you clearly know what you're doing because yeah, you know the numbers should reflect.
2: Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't need to when they just passed a hundred million sales on the Nintendo Switch itself. Uh, that you know, I I look at, I look at games like Pokemon, which these companies like Microsoft, Sony would die to have because oh. a simple remake for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, passed fourteen million sales in <sighs> a week. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Hit almost half of that at 6.5 million, right? That's a combined mm -hmm. 20 million sales for just those games. Think about that. That that money there, why do you need to buy anybody when you got those two there just doing that? Let's not forget about Zelda with a almost (laughs) 75% attachment rate to the Nintendo Switch that wasn't packaged in. People had to buy the console and buy the game. And I know it was a launch game, but we're talking long tail. 70% of people who own that console bought that game. That's that's unheard of. So they have these IP that have such diehard loyalty, love, adoration, memories baked in there. And it's why I always say Nintendo is selling you nostalgia. And Facts. sometimes it's great. Sometimes yeah. it's great. Like we saw EarthBounds coming back. That's cool as hell. They'll yeah. talk to the right person at the right time. But overall, them selling nostalgia works for them. They don't need to play this game of getting new IP. Their old stuff... Will has you know, forever work, right? And, and the spinoffs oh, yeah. they do, man, oh, yeah. they're like, yo, let's do, what if Mario played soccer? What if Mario played golf? These are great kind of <laughs> Nintendo-like service games where they release them, they're a little bare bones. Like I loved Mario Golf last year. It's one of my favorite games last year. One of the games that I forgot, I was like, why didn't I put that on my game of the year list? But yeah. anyway, I love that <laughs> game, right? Not top five, but top ten for sure. And <laughs> release kind of bare bones but mechanically it's so sound and they start to give you new courses new golfers and you're like this mm-hmm. is great right you see them doing that we sports when they announced it they're oh. like they're i'm sorry nintendo switch Sports. Nintendo switch sports Excuse yeah Excuse immediately us, they announce it and they're like we're planning a new content drop in the summer and we're planning another new content drop later this year i'm just like oh so this game's gonna come in pretty <laughs> bare bones probably okay <laughs> cool no it is uh but that's their that's their thing right they'll they'll sell you the premium product they'll give you the free updates and they got you man they got you like these games i look at i look at something like mario golf and it's not a game you could tell when a game is expensive right you look at it and Mm -hmm. you're like you're like yeah this was pricey that game didn't look that way and we're talking about like (laughs) one of the one of the top publishers in the game so Uh, I thought that these comments were especially enlightening because, you know, I I just feel like they're in a whole different world of their own in in a lot of ways. Right. We talk about them being in the Stone Age, but they're also in a world of their own financially. Like they don't need to play the games that other companies play.
0: Yeah. And I think what it is, is it's it's what I consider an understanding of self. And Mm -hmm. the thing that we don't give them enough credit for is even though I know I personally like the AAA experiences, the more mature experiences, stuff like that, they... At some point, you're always a kid. There's always a kid being born in the gaming, and I just think they they're in that slot. They're like the elementary school for everyone. Like you start here, and you have this appreciation for these amazing characters because they got a demographic that a lot that mm. the other two don't have. Then you couple that, which I feel with the Switch, with the portability. Like that is huge, and they dominate that space. So it's those combinations, these amazing IPs. Listen, they. I've been to need a Nintendo. I, I don't know how they do it sometimes, but they consistently yeah. do
2: it, man. Absolutely. So I just thought that would be a fun little talk to have. And let's move on to number five, our last bit of news here. GTA 6 confirmed to be in development. That doesn't mean it's their next game, bully two fans, mm-hmm. but confirmed <laughs> to be in development. This comes by way of a tweet on Rockstar's official Twitter account where they write, Many of you have been asking about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every project, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we've previously delivered. We're pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the series is underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for the support. and We cannot wait to step into the future with you. But this was interesting because think of how they announced things, Cog, like... Red Dead Redemption 2, they just changed the profile picture yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was a trailer. Right. There this announcement sounds like a hiring one to me, right? Like this yeah. is, you know, let's get some talent in house for this. Very mm-hmm. different, but surprising. Let me know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just think it's it's part of the the new wave of doing things, also post pandemic. You know, we're still in it, you know, but um, you know, I just think because normally we were so used to, like, a big, bombastic, you know, showcase all the time. And now you get a lot of these huge announcements and, like, a little yeah. press release, and, and they keep it moving. But I'm with you. I think a lot of this is just let's get the, the scoop up development talent. Let's get the word out there. We're working on it. We'll get some of the best guys and stuff like that. And this is inevitable. I mean, we all knew this was coming as far as it's just a matter of officially them saying it. And I was like, okay, wow. They just put it out just like that. You know? mm
2: Yep. So uh, that's what's going on there. Just crossing my fingers that Bully Two is next. Yeah. Everyone there, United you know, arm and arm together. Shout out to Bully Two. Yeah, I mean that's the report. That's the report that that Bully Two is in development. So, oh man, I Maybe. will be so so yeah. happy. That's that's my Rockstar game. I feel you. I feel you. All right. Well, that's all the news for this week. Now, imagine this news week without the. Call of Duty stuff, and uh, that was effectively what we had rocking into this yeah. week. So uh, it was it was a pretty dry one. Thank you, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft and Team, for that. Now we move on to our Game Pass slash back compat pick of the week. I'm going this week, and I got a I got a fresh one for y'all. Mm, what you got? One step from Eden.
0: Let's check this
2: out, Mega Man like Battle man. Network fans. This is it. Oh, this is it, man. Oh, my gosh. So I'm late to this party. This has been out for a while. Uh, as the segment would suggest, it's available on Game Pass. One Step from Eden, I, I don't even know what it's about. I just fired it up. <laughs> and and I got to tell you all, the gameplay is just speaking to me. Uh, think of Slay the Spire. A lot of these roguelike games where you're going from point to point on this map. But it's the Mega Man Battle Network combat system. Okay. So for those who have never played Battle Network, what happens is... You have X load into a computer software and you have a bunch of chips like cards, like attacks, you know, your sword attack. You have your shotgun attack, et cetera, et cetera. You have all these different attacks that'll load in randomly. And you kind of go in phases until it's time to load up more chips again. It's literally that. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, man. Like this is what, for those who don't know, Battle Network is one of my favorite series in gaming. I love Battle Network. So playing a game that is so obviously inspired by it was clear i i I didn't i didn't know it existed uh so you're zipping around a a 10 tile battlefield the cameras to the right of of you so you're watching it from like a, a side scrolling point of view and you're zipping in these upgrades that you're getting as you complete each encounter uh so you'll get different spells like lightning you get certain spells where you can call in, like, a mortar strike and nuke the whole other side of the field. Yep, i it. You can, like, crack the ground next to you and throw it at someone, but you'll lose a movement tile for it. Mm-hmm. And it's just about a, a whole list of characters. I've only played the starter character, so I haven't gotten far enough yet. Uh, but you have this whole list of characters. Each of them have their own different play styles and uh, set attributes and abilities that you can unlock uh, and trying to get to Eden. And mm-hmm. as I kept dying, it'll say, you are one mile from Eden. I've never beat it yet, but okay. I I loved what I played, man. I highly recommend people try it out. For me, though, I will say this, while Let's it's go. a strong recommendation for me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Game Pass exists because I'm going to try it. I tried it out here. I think I'm going to buy this on Switch. Oh, for the yeah. go. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I, it just, the the screen, it reminds me how I felt. It's going to be a really random reference. And I hope Let's someone go. out there gets what I'm talking about when I say this. Let's it. go. So when I played Persona 4 dancing all night on my Vita, right, <laughs> that was an easy platinum trophy. Like, my reaction times are great because you're looking at a tighter screen as these symbols come in from all sides of the screen. Yeah. I tried to play Persona 3 dancing moonlight mm-hmm. on my PS4 on, like, a 60-inch TV, and I was just missing stuff constantly because my room's mm-hmm. small, so I'm a little closer to my TV than I'd right, like right, to right. be, and I got this big TV. This is kind of that. It's such a frantic, fast battlefield. So much things happening that I was I was not seeing everything. So gotcha. I think I need a little bit of a smaller screen that I can Try look to. down at and mm-hmm. see the battlefield properly. But mm-hmm. it's a good way to you know. This is one thing that's great about Game Pass. I know it's probably not working out for Xbox on this front, but I tested it out. I went. I love this game. I want to play some more of it? I'm gonna go get it on the system that works best for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, one step for me. again, if you are a Mega Man Battle Network fan, that's the endorsement you need right there. Like, go give it a look. If you're not. Just think of a roguelike game like Slate Aspire. You're going, instead of going up the tower, you're trying to get to Eden, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of progression elements there. They've supported it for a while. So all of this content's just baked in. And uh, yeah, it was a game that's been downloaded on my Xbox for a while. Mm. Uh, after fi- finishing Trails in the Sky as C and finishing Dying Light 2 and Sifu, I was kind of in like a lull here. Where I was like, all right, like I can that's try nice. something I've been sitting on for a while. This was it. Very good pick-up-and-play game as well. So that is one step from Eden. You like Absolutely. what you saw? Yeah,
0: it's very unique. I, at that time, I didn't know it was like this... Almost like tile system, card, mm-hmm. roguelite kind mm-hmm. of elements. That's the yeah. thing that threw me off with it. Because when I saw the initials, I was like, oh, okay, this is good. I assumed it was going to be some other type of game. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was like, no, this is
2: actually... Very different than what I thought. Yeah, sprite based, which speaks to my heart and soul. Yeah, I, that's so you. I was yeah. like, this is so you. Man. Yeah, but also just for for those who, who I want to make sure because I mentioned card systems a lot. It yes. is an action game. You're moving right. around a lot. You're reacting to things. You're pressing buttons, and things yeah. are happening. So yeah. just know that it's not, not it's not like a turn based game. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. I did draw the comparison to Slay the Spire, but that's really in infrastructure. Good so point. Point. check that out over on Game Pass. I love the cover art for it. Just on a side, yeah, cover is pretty cool. Let's get into our five final questions of the show. Cog, this might be at record time. We're looking at a below three-hour show here. This is—I'm uh, sure ben, ben and Dustin will be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, with us. Yeah, but uh, I mean, for us, it's like what? 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 Well, I'm gonna have an extra hour to my day, and we're not gonna know what to do with it. To do of us <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to stare at the ceiling.
0: <laughs> yeah, and think about this. This is—we pro- would have had this prior to without the big news of. Yeah. So imagine if we
2: didn't have that. Like, yeah, crazy. dude, dude, we we're looking at a two-hour show for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Frank T. writes in. Hey, Shaggy Maddie, and Leonard Roberts Cog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, we seem to talk a lot about what will happen if Activision purchase goes through, but let's look at the other side of things. How would Xbox respond if regulators stop the acquisition? Would Xbox stay aggressive and try to get a smaller, but smaller in quotes, publisher like EA, who's worth around 40 billion? Or would they give up on publishers and just stick to the small acquisitions like IOI, Crytek, Isobo, etc.? For once in your life, have a decent day. Thank you, oh, Frank. Thank
0: you, thank you, Frank. Showing some mercy out here mm-hmm. in the front mm-hmm. with the Dukes. Good question, good question. Um, I, it's, I love that this question came in now, right? Um, because yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, with the acquisition, what if it doesn't go through? And I firmly believe that the reason why we're seeing... This un- I would say unprecedented, but the surprising move by Microsoft to open up Call of Duty and potentially other platforms to multi-plat is because of fear that regulators may get in on this and try mm-hmm. to look at this thing sideways. To his question, if it doesn't go through, right? I still think they're aggressive. Um, EA, no, because EA kind of come out and said, hey, we're looking to buy. We're mm-hmm. looking to, you know, whatever. So, I could see that, you know, the the, the usual suspects that we've always been saying, you know, the crystals, the I, IOs, the sorry, just, um, you know, like, hey, you know, I, I could totally see them still doing that and, and making a move. You know, I'm still going to want the WBs, you know, if that doesn't happen this and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, that, that that's really all I got on it. I, 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 I could totally see that still happening. And to be honest, even after, if it does go through, I could still see. A couple of those sneaking in after. But I think right now, as I, I've been saying on LP, the feds are watching. The block mm-hmm. is hot. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful right now. Everything, all heads on deck. The, all, they got all their hogs in one room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> all their hogs. They got their, their best the top hogs in there, man. Yep. And they got to make that thing rock. But what you think?
2: Yeah, I think uh, stop it or let it go through. They're going to keep buying studios for sure. I think they'll stay aggressive. Like if one publisher doesn't go through, they're gonna see if they can get another. I, I I don't think it stops with Activision on any front. I think it's very well possible that, you know, again, I I said I kind of want I don't want to bow out and not talk about it, but everything is on the table to me with these acquisition talks ever since this because it was such a game changer in my eyes where I could see them. This is approved, and they're like, let's get Ubisoft. Let's get Ubisoft in there. I was about like,
0: to say it too. You yeah. just remember, I was about to say them too. too.
2: Yeah, I just, I, I, feel like anything's possible, and that if this argument of them being third in revenue and with PlayStation now announcing their Spartacus and it looks competitive, like and that might even open the door for them to really go gung ho. Because I was like, look how competitive things are, and we still have Ubisoft. Let's go get someone. You know, I could see them really uh, running away with some acquisitions after Activision. I do agree with you. If I could predict anything about it i feel like you know they'll they'll stay quiet until that's a done deal i'd be shocked if they were really unless they got like an amazing deal in front of them where it's like right io interactive wants to sell for five million dollars it's like well okay then sure obviously that would never happen but i'm just saying if they had something obvious like that i think they'll leap on it but it's interesting because we always talk about the defensive purchase right like right now if you're ten cent are you really, like, sneaking around now that now you know both these companies got their hands tied a little bit? Mm, good point. You know, do you start looking at that? It's possible, right? Possible. Um, but, you know, for the Xbox side of things, I don't think they uh, they give up on publishers whether this goes through or not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nicholas Brillhart's our next write-in. Greetings, Dukes of Hazard. With last week's brief dip into the Marvel game conversation, I'm curious what each of your dream pairing of comic book IP and a developer is. Personally, I want to see Arcane Studios take on Daredevil. Mm. Have a I just bought another Iron Lords 10K shirt, kind <laughs> <Down> of <a> day. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. a sad joke. Salute! They were best in the <laughs> room. That's so funny. What happened there? <laughs> um, I like this. I like this, Nicholas. I like this. First mm. of what, what, before, all, before I start, how do you feel about that? Arcane, you, you're Bat. You're the man without fear. <laughs> you you're, you're literally Mr. Yes. Daredevil.
2: I think I think if, if if I were Xbox, that's the if you're gonna give a superhero IP to any team, it's them. Okay. Yeah. I think they I think they need it the most. I think they would work with it the most. Like, I just I feel like they need that. Especially mm. granted, I'm talking in a pre Redfall world, so I won't go too gung ho on it. Maybe that's a hit for them. We'll see. I'm staying open minded to it. Fan enough, fair enough. But if it's so, not, if it's, if it's a death loop, man. Oh, I'm gonna be. I'm, you guys thought I was bad at the end of oh last year.
0: God. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Never gonna the, hit the end of it.
2: This, <laughs> If this game sucks, oh man. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have some fun. Anyway, we're gonna continue. have the the the, retro, the, the fall of Ark. we to have a, we're gonna have a retrospective. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be that guy.
0: <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Look, oh, for me, y'all know I'm a fan of that. That character right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Norin, Red, Silver Surfer. So I was thinking about it. Shout out to Nicholas. He made me think about this. I think for me, this is hard because for, for Silver Surfer, he's such a dynamic character. But it's like, how do you represent him? Because you represent him as this, you know. I went back to the old NES game to see how they did. And I was like, that game was terrible, by the way. But it, I mean, <laughs> it was hard as hell. It was hard as hell. It was a size. It was awful. But salute to them for even trying to do something with the license. But. How do you do it? And I don't want first person. I do want to see the character. Do you make it a shooter or whatever? But I will say this. I do want the visual flair. And I looked at all the Xbox Game Studios. I'm like, who's the right choice for this? I'm going to surprise you with this. I'm going to go initiative. Oh. I'm going to go initiative. Because the reason why I go initiative is because it seems that Crystal might be, you know, in that realm. And we know you know, Daryl Gallagher and, and they're helping on perfect dark. And then I look at, you know, idols too, and those guys. And, you know, I look at people who have relationships with some superhero games that have good graphical fidelity and, you know, with crystal damage, you got, you know, rise of the tomb Raider. And then obviously, um, and then they have a hand in, um, the Marvel Avengers as far as graphical, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I want this game has to look good first. I, it has to be a looker for me. You know what I'm saying? And then they can go with their take on it. So I'm gonna go initiative, man. I, I think okay. you know, you, you outsource it, you give them the man to give them a shot at it. And um whether you have some some shooting aspects and stuff like that, and I just I want I want a cinematic feel kind of thing. And I I I, I like what oh, what Chris do be doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm going with it.
2: Yeah, uh for me, man, it's no one from Marvel. And it's no one from D.C. It's from the sewers. <laughs> yeah.
0: I Yeah. I am. <laughs> I don't know why these
2: guys are getting done dirty in the gaming space, but it, it's time for that to stop. Hopefully with Shredder's Revenge, wherever that game is. Ooh, is hopefully that? they do it. But for <laughs> those who are uh, audio listeners, by the way, it's by uh, Turtles in Time, Raphael, action figure. Love me some wrath, my favorite turtle.
0: But oh, what's your favorite? Okay, that's what's up.
2: Okay, so here's the problem that I have here, Cog. My picks for a great action game developer have sort of been whittled away here. So we got mm-hmm. the Ninja Turtles, and my original pick was Rocksteady.
0: Okay. It's
2: been eight years since they released the game.
0: Yeah, we gotta talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: their and their last game that came out, Cog, um, I liked Arkham Knight a lot, actually, but it wasn't Arkham City level. It wasn't Arkham Asylum level. It was another good game in the Arkham series, kind of like how a lot of people described Origins, which I thought was better in a lot of things that uh, that they had done. But mm-hmm. that would have been my first pick. But now it's like, I don't know. I wasn't crazy about what I saw with Suicide Squad. Now it's delayed to 2023. Uh, so we're looking at a long wait for that. Will it be worth it? Maybe my thoughts change. But right now, I don't feel like I can trust them. My yeah. other pick mm-hmm. would have been Platinum Games. Ooh. They had their chance, and they yeah. fucking blew it. <laughs> so thank you, Activision, for that. Now you're yeah. in-house. And you get to hear from me personally. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I'm kind of stuck here where I have a IP I would use in a heartbeat, but I don't really have the developer. If I were to pick one, though, off the dome. Let's go. Off the top. Off the top, really. Just like this is off the cuff. Go on Capcom.
1: Give me oh, the yes. DMs. Yes. Give
2: me the DMC devs on the little Ninja Turtle action. I know they do the typical like one versus a room full of enemies type of thing, which you could do with the Ninja Turtles game. Obviously, I think it'd be best if you could do like co-op with all four turtles there fighting together. But if we if we could get the DMC devs involved with the gadgets the turtles have and the type of combat that they do, I think we might have something here. A little bit of anime flair in there wouldn't hurt. Because that's the thing, the Ninja Turtles, man they're so popular they were so successful in the 90s oh yeah oh yeah yeah. even the early 2000s and then nickelodeon got a hold of them so so kid friendly i don't care what okay here's the thing let's go i I have respect for the 2012 Mm -hmm. tmnt series i know i get it a lot of people like it Mm -hmm. man they softened my boys up something fierce if you if you i hate to be that guy but if anyone has not read tmnt comics do yourself a favor, read The Last Ronin and tell me that that is not as good as what you are seeing on screen with the Rise, Ninja Turtles Rise or whatever the hell they're calling it. Like these kid shows. Yeah. Ninja Turtles used to always have an edge. Like this was a gritty, easy T for Teen type of game that you could get. Sad series too. And I feel like they've just continuously whittled them down. Even Shredder's Revenge. I got a little bit of a preemptive complaint here is that Uh when they come back, it's always the... It's the pixel art. It's the pixel thing that art-ish. you knew. And look, yeah. I get it, right? Here I am holding the Turtles in Time. <laughs> One of my favorite beat em ups. I got the arcade cabinet Ooh, out there. Oh, like, my man. Got the cabinet. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I, I, love. Yeah, I get it. I'm pulling Phil here. I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. But what I'm saying effectively is this is a series that's so absurdly untapped, in my opinion. And you could, like, if someone made an open world Last Ronin game, oh, my word. You wouldn't even have to put Ninja Turtles in that title. They should, no. but you could literally just call it the last Ronin, show that it's a Ninja Turtle, and you would have something there. For those who don't know, I won't spoil who it is, mm. but it's a story about all the Ninja Turtles are dead in this dystopian future city, and one Ninja Turtle's out for revenge, and they're, like, killing people. It's fucking ah, sick. Self-fire. So I'm I'm going on a lot here. I'll, I'll keep it short. Give me a TMNT game from an actual competent AAA dev. Fair enough. Fair enough. I respect it. Kevin Fosh is up next. Hey, Maddie and Cog. My question is regarding the initiative. Ooh. The studio that's going to be working on a Silver Surfer Silver game, it game. appears.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a few months ago, we had heard from them about their partnership with Crystal Dynamics. Since then, I've been keeping my eye on the studio to see if, and if, or if there were any more details that would surface. Recently, Jez Corden revealed that Certain Affinity is also assisting in Perfect Dark. Oh, wow. With two big studios helping the initiative, you'd think the game would be in great shape. However, I've noticed a massive decline in their workforce. At the end of 2021, they had roughly 80 to 85 employees on LinkedIn. They're now sitting at 55, down 30% in about two to three months. What do you think is happening over there? Are they completely reliant on Crystal Dynamics and certain affinity? Do you think a merger is underway? Or has Perfect Dark completely been passed over to Crystal Dynamics so the initiative can work on something else?
0: Good question, good question. Um, I'm going to surprise, y'all. I don't think it's an issue. And the reason why I don't think it's an issue is I have a theory about the initiative specifically. I've been kind of tracking them a little bit more lately. Mm -hmm. And I think that the name of the studio is literally telling us what they do. And I just think it's a new age of game development for them. And this outsourcing... And I literally feel that they come up with the idea. Right. And then we go outsource, we initiate, and then we outsource. You know what I'm saying? For whoever's going to, you know, bring it to execute the vision. And that's the vibe I got. You know, the Crystal Dynamics team, we were all surprised. Like, what? This is weird. Like, is it like, you know, is it in danger? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the talk, and even I was like, I've never seen this before. But if you look at what Daryl Gallagher says, you look at their studio mission, like, I just think they have a different approach to, to game dev and how things are made and you know when we're talking about numbers going in and out you know mm-hmm. i just think it's you know you bring in who you want and i just think they're moving different and i just think it's, it's not what we're used to from traditional game dev because they've gone out of their way to kind of push that narrative out there a little bit if you go again go to their site go check out what they say it, it's interesting so that's what i'm going with right now i mean hey i could be wrong but it just feels different the way they are operating
2: yeah, it definitely does feel different, but I completely agree with you, Cog, that I, mm. I don't think it's time to sound the alarms on mm. on the initiative, um, especially if their purpose is to create prototypes that are then pitched, Xbox green lights them, and then they find a perfect partner for them. That's a really interesting way to make games. That's a good way to keep ideas fresh, is to just have an idea factory of a studio that's then bringing... I mean this with all due respect, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, but the grunt work in, like, you know, right. okay, now it's time to make it, time to make the thing, right? Um, because what you have there is effectively, like, you'll get these prototypes that are sound on a conce- hopefully sound on a conceptual level. Like, here are the things we want this game to do. Here's the the mechanics and the story we want to tell. And now they just got to put the Lego pieces together because that's right. what game development is. You instead of buying yeah. a Lego set, you put a bunch of little pieces together and have them all work together. Like that's what it's all about. So. To me, them downsizing makes a lot of sense if that is the focus of that team. And it, it should be. It should be. Um, yeah. It's definitely, unfortunately, been mired a bit by the quadruple-A job listing. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. You know, that's unfortunate. But for those who are in the know, who are informed, uh, they'll know that this should be kind of, to some extent, part, part of the course for them. Yeah. All I will
0: say is, though, they do have to execute. If I they agree. execute and perfect doc is fire then we can sit there and say, you know what? Okay, this is the wave, and yeah. they showed out, right? So that's yeah. the thing. I, they got some talent over there. They got Gallagher, like The team that they have, the initial initiative team, mm-hmm. they strong, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, some, it's some names in there. Mm-hmm.
2: It's kind of actually a classic way of developing games. Like, when I looked up, for example, for Retro Rebound, I always try to make sure I verify developers because I knew Activision had published the Spider-Man 2 game. But I was like, who developed it exactly? And you saw a ton of different names involved there. And there's always going to be support studios. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of reminded me of that. Like Vicarious Visions was the lead studio there. But they had a lot of other teams that would help in. Just like we're seeing here at the initiative. It's like, yeah, you have the initiative pitching. You have Crystal Dynamics doing a lot of the work where it's an announced partnership. Now you have Certain Affinity quietly helping too. So It's kind of new for, I think, this generation, but it could also be considered old school, if you will, which is quite fitting for Perfect Dark. All right, Daniel's our next write-in. Hi, Dukes. Do you have any series that has disappointed you as much as Halo has for me? My best gaming memories are of Halo 2 LAN parties, and Halo 3 is possibly my favorite FPS campaign. For all its flaws, I put over a month of playtime into Reaches Online. Then I bought an Xbox One specifically for Master Chief Collection, which I know you and King got into. Mm -hmm. Utter waste of money, he calls it. (laughs) I played about five games in total on the console and it mostly gathered dust. I played the Halo 4 campaign once and I can't remember any of it. I skipped five and had high hopes for Infinite. But I haven't played an open world as lifeless and devoid of meaning and took a Banshee from one main story point to the next. And even the story I'm having a tough time holding on. Since I built a PC instead of buying a Series X, I can't really solo queue for online with the mess that it is on PC. In any given week, I have single-digit hours I can devote to gaming, so I moved on to other things like Mass Effect 3, which I never got to, uh, which I never got to when it first came out, which that's awesome on a side note. Absolute. So all that said, I think I might be done with Halo, which makes me sad, but it's not worth my time. Have you had any such falling out of love with a series? This is a fantastic question.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shout out to Daniel. Yeah, I know the feeling. You know, it sucks that Halo didn't even feel good about it. But, hey, I mean, I, I know the feeling when it's something you love and they either A, just go a different direction. Yeah. B, you know, I know what mine is. And, look, <laughs> sorry, Assassin's Creed fans. Oh, It's just yeah. that's not what I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. I remember the with. first time I ever saw that game. And they were talking to the gaming ninja. Talking about the dude with the yeah, hoodie. Yeah. And then you saw, I remember the, the trail like it was yesterday, the first time I ever seen it. And he's skulking through the town. And it was like some old, like New Jerusalem type vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. you know, he's going through and you were you were literally doing stealth, but in broad daylight, you were trying to make yourself not seen. And it. it was true assassin stealth. That's what it was. And I loved it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, they went a little wit with the little, what is it? The I forgot that thing when they go in the future in the past. Crap with the name of it. It's escaping me right now. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, the
2: the animus. The,
0: the animus, right? I know that part got a little wonky or something. I'll get it. But the core of it was Assassination and Stealth. It was a stealth game at its core. hmm this stuff now, it's like, look, it, they're good games. I don't want to be disrespectful. They're good games. It's just not what I fell in love. I'm not, like, the, stealth is really optional. Like, you you really could just go out there and get your, you know, kill on and level up, and then they got the MMO stuff. It just lost me, you know? And I'm going to be real. This is where they really pissed me off. Let's see my last mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. How you got Ghost of Tsushima out here? doing stealth. First of all, why you ain't got Japan Mm -hmm. in Assassin's Creed? Mm -hmm. What the hell? You let these guys, you let Sucker Punch come in there take the idea, do it better than you? Like, come on. Like, that's why I love Ghost of Shit. That's what I thought Assassin's Creed was going to evolve into on some level. But I think just the annualization And then it just became, yo, we're doing it in this. We're doing it in France. We're doing it in Egypt. We're doing it each each year. And I just think they got caught up in that model and the monetization. And and I'm just like, yeah, lost me. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Shout out to everyone that still plays it. You know, it's still a good game. It's just not the game I love. So.
2: Totally hear you on that. Where you at? Assassin's Creed is a great answer. Because it's funny you mentioned this. I just picked up uh, from from GameStop. I picked up because I'm working on a video uh assassin's creed 3 remastered the Ezio trilogy i picked up uh, unity unity is one of my favorites man that game got I done i gotta go dirty. back to that because that heard they game got, the... got done dirty yeah, I gotta i'm go sorry back to that.
0: no no you, you can, can look
2: up my old review for those who want to listen to a 2014 review definitely not my best work but i was a big fan of unity i, I even show some of the glitches i'm like this game is mad good though and i i that was to me the future and when that game got destroyed and dragged all I'm saying is Assassin's Creed true. fans, you you did it to yourself now. <laughs> You've done it to yourself. Now you're getting Valhalla, which I love Valhalla, but you know, it's not the traditional stuff. And so I'm excited to go back and reconnect with the traditional AC roots because I'm sidebar here. Let's go. I watched YouTubers, I'm um, friends with YouTubers like JV, who's yeah. a big Assassin's Creed YouTuber, or I'm sorry, Ubisoft yeah. YouTuber. I'm friends mm-hmm. with uh, Lasers. Tyler, Tynamite. These guys are like they kind of opened my eyes to what old Assassin's Creed was. What made it click, right? Because right. I love those games, but to me, it was like, as you said, like stealth going through, and it was just a, to me a, a portal to a new time period. But Remember hearing when you how had they hold spoke the button? The story?
0: Not to cut you. I'm sorry. No, you're good, you're when you used to have to hold the button, and you'd walk and assimilate within the mm-hmm. crowd. Yeah, you'd blend.
2: I, yeah, I love that. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, it was awesome, right? Exactly. I forgot those things, you know, because they'd walk so far from them. So I'm excited to go back. That was a that's a perfect answer honestly. For me, um oh oh. I got to go with my boys BioWare. They uh Good they one. they walk the wrong way in my eyes with Dragon Age. I
0: knew it was going to.
2: They, you know, this is a series that I I've Practically forced myself to love, if I'm really truthfully honest with it, I'm always invested in anything Bioware, much to my ignorance. I, I just can't help it. They're, the way they present their characters and their stories are always for people like me. Like I love the way they interact. And Dragon Age 2, if you're like into the lore for Dragon Age, is great, which I like it now. Dragon Age Inquisition, I could not stand. If you just play main story content... To the best of your ability, because the game has so much side stuff that it gets in the way, there are a lot of redeeming qualities, some real political tension, and the Trespasser DLC is great. So I don't want people to think, like, I hate this series, but it took a lot of convincing for a big fan like me to like it. And what I look at with Origins, which I think is one of the greatest RPGs ever made, Dragon Age Origins, if you have not played it, I mean, from the get-go, just the... The foundation it's built on is immediate, like, this is what Choice and Consequences is about. Your origin story. Pick a race, and your starting to the game is different, depending on which one you pick. That's amazing. Fire. Fire. To me, that was, like, right there. This is what you build on. It was not an action game. It was an evolution of Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. It was an evolution of what that game did, right? Where they had this real-time turn-based game, but now you could pause the game and more thoughtfully place your party members and pick moves. It was a better challenge system. It felt more fair, but it would beat you up. No problem. It was much more gritty. It was a fresh new world, clearly begging to be built off of. And they just mismanaged it. Like Dragon Age 2, I think just a name alone ruined it because it was not supposed to be a sequel. It was supposed to be a spinoff called Exodus. Mm. Dragon Age Exodus. And then they they go the opposite direction in every way you could. Not turn based action, not no voice and and choice of God's words to to voiced with very little choice. Like they did everything they could to disembowel what Origins was. And then Inquisition rolls around. Mm. Inquisition rolls around. I remember being so hyped for this game, like no one else. Like if anyone's seen game me my... Dirt, yeah, yo, yeah. <laughs> I knew I was gonna piss you off. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was gonna get you I gotta lean against my PC for that one. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so you would not have found anyone more excited for Dragon Age Inquisition than me. Because what they were showing was like, Oh, there's Liliana, oh there's Morgan, oh my god, it's the Origins cat. Oh wait, they're they're doing a mix of turn based and action. Oh, this this couldn't be any any better. Oh the- oh man, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. So what I learned afterwards, when I was running ham radio with Carrick, is uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, the two directors of this game directed MMOs, and they just ran with a multiplayer mode and oh, yeah. this this semi-open world BS because Skyrim was the thing at the time, which I get. Skyrim was so influential, and they went for a bloat. Like this game is the definition of quantity over quality, yeah, which is not that. what Bioware is. To me, Dragon Age is the poison in the Bioware well, not Mass Effect. Because even Andromeda, Mm. that's a black sheep in my opinion. I don't like Andromeda that much, but that is a fun-ass game to play, right? And its writing is inferior in every way to the original trilogy, but you can still get enjoyment out of it. To me, with Dragon Age, it just gradually became less and less what it was. And with what we're hearing about now Dragon Age 4, it's like I'm cautiously... I want to say optimistic because I, I have to know what I'm going to be optimistic about. But this could be great if the rumors are true that this is going to be classic Bioware, 30-hour replayable game because Inquisition was like an average of 50 to 60 hours of just yeah. wasting your time with some really good story moments in the middle. So to me, that's my answer, man. Like, I, It's a game that like I played through each of them. I re-reviewed each of the Dragon Age games on my channel. It's available now. If anyone wants to check it out. Salute. And outside of Origins, I could not fathom going back to Dragon Age 2 and be like, oh, I want to play that. Oh, I want to play Inquisition. No, man, because you just know everything that's wrong with it. It's like it was fun to go back a first time in like six years or eight years and be a little more insightful on things. And there are things 100% worth appreciating. But, dude, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they, they love really for... walk the opposite way of where that series was going in my eyes. do
0: love for Inquisitor.
2: Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool mechanic that's the thing yeah they just it was too big of a game if they if they had the true Bioware there that loved to strip down to the just the bare necessities they would have had something with Inquisition that game would have been it but the, it's everything in between that's wrong with it
0: for, forgive him Solas forgive him Iron Bull
2: yes yes Iron Bull's a good character
1: yeah it's a good, good one character, good character
2: yeah alright last writing comes from Yosemite Blam Yo Definers long time first time I got a question for Maddie. That I've been wanting to ask since I first started Ooh. watching his content. So, around the time DD started up, why are you an Atlanta Falcons fan? I need to know this. Well, because I'm curious. I brought this in because I know it's about me, but I had to ask about your fanship on, on football as well. Oh, we're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I say this as both an Atlantan and a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan. Why put yourself through such misery? Do you have ties to greater Atlanta area through a family member? I mean, being a Jets or Giants fan isn't much better as of late, but the Giants have had more success in the last 15 years. Again, why put yourselves through this misery? Anyway, go Falcons. Maybe they can win the NFC South this coming season. And of course, go Braves, go Hawks, go Dogs, and go United. Not to leave Lord Cognito out, but I can't believe this man name-dropped Blimpy as his sandwich joint. But... In his defense, finely shaven lettuce can make or break a submarine. Hope you both have a toothpaste on your shirt kind of day. Yos a mite. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal.
0: Let's go. I'll
2: just yeah, to, to quickly answer it. It's really that uh, my brother has always been a Falcons fan, and he's also from New York. I don't know what made him an Atlanta Falcons fan. I think he liked Michael Vick. You know, guy was just oh, a yeah, he had dominant, way different ta- uh, talent mm-hmm. for its time. You know, running the ball way more and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Fun guy to watch, and that was kind of where I hopped on the bandwagon. Like I, I didn't know anything about it. And for me as a kid, you know, I wasn't big into sports, so it was how the jerseys and the logos looked, and Talk that's about why. I, it. That's why I love the Falcons. I was like, yo, I like their color scheme, yeah. and I love the red that's and red. black and white. And the, you know, growing up, like green's my favorite color. Mm-hmm. So you'd think I'd be a Jets fan. Thank God I did not get grandfathered into that one. Oh my God, Woo, pain. Yeah, that would have been something bad. I'm a Mets fan already, so. Uh, but I, that's how it. I became a a Celtics fan. I don't watch mm-hmm. basketball, though. I think basketball sucks. So uh, that 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 phase of my life is done. But yeah, Falcons fan for sure. And uh, that's no real story behind it other than my brother brought me into it. Salute. I love it.
0: This is a great question. Shout out to you, Sammy. I remember seeing the name in the discords and stuff. Um, For me, it started, baseball was the first sport I ever got into because I was young enough to remember that you know, that amazing Mets team from 86, mm. and I just stood low. That was my first sports team I attached myself to, and I followed the sport, and I learned the sport that way. So what I realized, <laughs> being a Mets fan, is a lot of pain, mm. a lot of embarrassing, crushing moments. I always feel they sold their soul for that, that championship. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. With the other sports, are like, "Why are you a Niners fan?" And you know, like in basketball, you like the Bulls. and hockey, you like the Penguins. Like, what is going on with you guys? I don't
2: like that last one. I know. But I let's know.
0: I give you the real quick breakdowns on it's very quick. So Mets, we born and raised in New York. After after the Mets, I said I am not dealing with any of this <laughs> level of pain from New York. Mm. Period. Mm. The next sport for me was basketball because basketball, I pretty much played. And I, I was a fan of players. I was a fan of, yo, know, I like the way Dominique Wilkins dunks. I like the way Michael Jordan does this. I, so I didn't really have to be, I'm brutally honest, I didn't really have a team. I was just a fan. I would just learn, watch the sport and watch players. And then obviously Jordan is Jordan, we know. Mm-hmm. And then um, Derek Rose, I became a fan. And I just said, all right, I'm just staying there. You know what I'm saying? I just like what's going on. So that's how Chicago happened. 49ers is what you said football was I was young I remember it but it was so complicated and I was young I didn't know what was going on to be honest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was just like I like that ready gold uniform though <laughs> yeah. i was like yo that go yo that look hot with my outfit like I remember I'm from an era and the ogs will remember this starter jackets I don't know if you guys remember starter jackets they were hoodies and they had the team the NFL team logos and it was a big thing in New York if you like it was a sign like you I remember King had a starter jacket
2: it was oh. like your favorite,
0: whatever your sports team was. And it, it cost money. Like if you had to start, people <laughs> would rob people for starter jacket. It was a big thing. In really? Year. It all broke. So I remember when I got my first, I was like, I want the Niners one well, with the red, mm. with the gold letters, And I was I wore that thing every day, man. I probably had it too long how much I love that jacket. But that's how the Niners thing. And then I used to just watch it. I remember. And I was a fan of Steve Young. And Montana was retiring. He got, when I watched Montana, everybody was like, oh, he's the great. The first game I ever watched Joe Montana, he got knocked out the game by all the Giants. (laughs) And I was like, oh, God, he's out of the season. And I was like, who's this Steve Young guy? Why does everybody hate him? He's pretty good to me. And that's how I stayed loyal. I just rock with them. And the Pittsburgh thing is funny because I never played hockey, didn't know the sport. I got to shout out video games. If it Mm -hmm. wasn't for Mm -hmm. EA's NHL 93 and then NHL 94, which is the GOAT as far as I'm concerned, as far as games I played. And they had the player's license, the team license. And I didn't know anything. And I was just like, yo, I like the colors on this team. Mm Who was this number 66? Yo. Who was this number 68? Yo. Mm Who was this number 10? I remember that. So I would beat people. The game was so fun and good. And I was just good with that team. It was Lemieux, Yager, Ron Francis, um, Mm -hmm. Ulf Samuelson, Kenny Reggett was the goalie. I was so... I beating cats in NHL 94. I was nice. And I just learned the sport and I started to like it and I went to games. I'm like, yo, hockey yeah. is better in person to go to a game. Hockey is, it is. fire. It's so good. Oh, so ho- yo, hockey is one of the best sports to go live to. And this, this, I got to give this last gem. When it really hit for me, where I had to stay loyal. I know you hate Pittsburgh Penguins. I know, but where I had to stay loyal, bro. The first hockey game I go to, I'm like, could you take me to it? whenever the Penguins play the Rangers? I want uh, oh, to go. Sorry, you walked
2: in the home building with uh, with with Penguins gear on. You walk into MSG with Penguins gear on, man. I'm I, I'm that
0: guy. No. So um, I come, but bro, this oh. is why it was magical for me. This is why I had to stay loyal. Oh first no, time. ever. Mariola Mu scores 5 goals in the game. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. I think he's the goal. He's <laughs> the greatest thing. <laughs> Power pain penalty killing, open net. I'm like, oh my god, he's he's god. You couldn't tell me anything about Mario Lemieux after that. I was like, you, all don't want to hear it. I was like Gretzky fan, shut up. I was like, if it wasn't for cancer, my man would have been. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. that guy. So yeah. I'm ridiculous. I know your rage. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But that High was Melbourne. my first experience. It was my only choice. So yeah. you know, i still loyal. So that's that's my lineage with all the stupid. I
2: respect the loyalty. It's funny the way you discovered the Penguins. I think I've said this before is the way i discovered the oilers like i was playing nhl 10 on the oh, 360
0: so we got the gretzky
2: yeah yeah and um i remember the only team I, I don't know why they weren't even ranked that good but the only team i was good with was the oilers and mm-hmm. that's was, that was who i was beating people up with so i decided to become it? a fan
0: of what's up that messier era Who's over there? Uh, no Who's...
2: that was in 2010 that was when oh man i i became a fan during their darkest days the this dark was dark pre connor mcdavid this was got gotcha. you okay this was when they were drafting number one overall picks like it was gotcha. nobody's yeah, 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 yeah. business and and they Good everyone team. they were getting was a bust like no <laughs> one was panning out for us it, it was incredible to watch but uh i thought to myself when i became a fan i was like well you can't be a bandwagoner for this team so i'm getting on nice and early and i didn't i didn't think you know Mm -hmm. clearly i wasn't thinking long term because now here we are it's been seven years into the connor mcdavid era and i'm just like whoa man this guy uh we gotta figure something out here this man (laughs) we gotta get him a, a cup somehow this man deserves it but all these deals they've been signing have been fucking terrible and i don't know man i'm getting a little nervous that my guy mcdavid's getting impatient but uh I feel you on discovering them through a game and that and bringing it closer, bringing you closer to the sport. To me, it brought me to play in the sport. Like that, yeah. that's something that I did for a while. Um, so it's, uh, it's yeah. You think it's fun to watch? It's, it's more fun to play. Play, yeah. Yeah.
0: Salute them, yeah. Minus the it's, contact, it's, it's, that could be a little... the contact, yeah. <laughs> And I can't skate for that. But salute to y'all. That was that. It's a, it's a great sport to watch, and I got so much respect for the players. You know mm. for sure.
2: Dude, it's hardcore. It's hardcore. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, 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 they get it yeah. in. They get it cause...
0: in. That and rugby, rugby is probably the t- wildest sport I ever watched. Like yeah. that, man. I see the dude with his mouth wide, bust wide open, leg twisted, mm. and the play mm. continuing. They hopping over his body. They don't care what's going on.
2: No, they don't, man. <laughs> yeah, at least with hockey, they stop the play. They stop the play. Yeah. yeah, you'd be you'd be surprised though. Like a lot of it comes down to not even raw strength. Like for me, when I was working out, I was like, I, I was going and playing a lot. I was like, you know, I gotta work out, get bigger, so I don't get knocked off the puck. Obviously, that's a part of it. But I was still getting pushed off. And I didn't mm-hmm. learn to say, that's a balancing game, man. I had to work on balance because then it's like, you know, <laughs> you're immovable at a certain oh, point. It's a good yeah, feeling. And, and
0: last thing I'll say, I like, the breakaway is probably one of the more exciting things. As a person oh, who yeah. plays basketball, I relate to hockey in that respect because it's like when, the basketball is the fast break. You know, for the family, it's an exciting thing. For for hockey, to me, it's like, oh, intercept the pass, cross the line. he's break right over. And then I love stick play. So if you could deke and move and, mm. I like, one time is that part of the game. Excit- that That's the connection for me that yeah. I really got into it through video games. I'm like, yo, I love
2: the sport now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should watch Connor McDavid highlights. That's, uh, I got to watch your boy. I got to watch your boy. Yeah, he, yo, oh, my. Wait, have you watched any of it before? Mm-mm. Not oh, a- God. You, you like stick handling? You haven't seen this guy. I'm oh. cash. I'm cash. No, no, front. It's, it's no I'm problem. That, no, I, I respect it. I'm just saying, dude. Yeah. Like this guy will do things with his hands that you're gonna look at and go, how? Crazy. How
0: crazy? See, I like that. And your boy, your boy's a wing. What's your boy? He's a center. Oh, I'm yeah. a like him, man. I'm. A, I yeah. love. I love the offensive play. He's the
2: next great, in my opinion. Okay. He's the next watch great. Watch your boy. I'm yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll pull up some stuff. Conor yeah, I'll up a little Connor. Yeah, put some some Connor uh, you, You'll just, you'll see, man. This guy. I'm, just, I'm not even gonna watch this video. I'm just gonna State let play
0: it, offensive talent, skill, passing. That's my bag. So if your boy's doing, that, he sound like he's doing that. I'm in. You know what this I'm saying? That may why challenge I like. your, uh, your Penguins yeah. fanship here. Well, but... let, hey, don't listen. Yeah. I did mean, like to sit the you know, Sidney Kid get get busy too. I'm
2: yeah. just saying. Sidney he, Kid, but I got to see that's more. That's the thing. That's that's the kind of talk is that like he's the next Sydney yeah. Crosby kind of player where it's like you know he just changes the game when he's on the ice. I love players like that. I
0: love raw talent and skill. I watch it.
2: Anyway, Yosemite, thank you so much for the question. Thank you everyone else who wrote in to this Under three-hour defining (laughs) we did it.
0: We did it. There we go.
2: (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Cog, our hashtag for the week. Oh, you got something? You got
0: something? I wasn't even
2: thinking. It's tough. It's It's tough.
0: tough. Multiplat? Yeah, let's do... Yeah, I mean, that's that's the talk. I mean, we wouldn't have had a show if it wasn't... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what was the verbiage they used? The, mm. Yeah, I mean, we could just go multi-plat with it, yeah. but I was just curious if they use any funny verb. I thought they if they. Yeah, used I'm trying any to any say they verbiage. said
2: uh, other popular Activision Blizzard titles. I think you got it, bro. We'll multi-plat We'll do multi-plat yeah, dd I think you got it. Multi-plot All right. DD. So we're over on Twitter at G7 Status at LordCognito. You can tag us. Let us know your thoughts on the show with the hashtag multi-plat DD. If social media ain't your thing, then go ahead, throw it away in the comments down below or on the Patreon post, whatever works for you. Fire away. We're looking forward to hearing from you and your thoughts on the episode. Cog, any closing thoughts or shall we wrap it up here?
0: No, fantastic episode, man. It's another fun one. Um, salute to everybody, you know, the patrons. Salute to people on Twitter. Obviously, in the hashtag's crazy, man. They really be showing out and it's cool yeah. to see. But yeah, fun show, man. As always, the dokes, put your dokes up. We had another one, another good one, you know. Mm-hmm. Loved it, man. That's
2: all I got. Absolutely. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week for episode 59 of Defining Duke. Peace out.
1: Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Colin's Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the United States of America. The show is conceived by Matthew Mr. Maddie Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Maddie's co-host is Barry Lord Cognito Eversley. Defining Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level on Patreon, and we're thankful for your kindness and generosity. Andrew Morgan, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Zahn, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLVFMA, Daniel D'Amour, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Dave Cowell, Tom Quinn, Stephen Innerfield, Eddie Medina, Jason R. Zahn, Christopher Nock, Zeno Adam, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Nuclear Prostate, Jonas Young, Sorta Serious Gaming, Unofficial Controller Podcast, Colin Farley, Mark Arnold, Zia Parix, Henry Groth, Relentless Rex, Troy Miller, Meyer Katz, J.A. Zhu, Tristan Palacios, Drew Mullen, Christian R., Jad Rita, Benjamin Muma, Patrick Skipper, Sweaty Mitt, Chris Kelly, Dustin Graff, Peyton Stone, Jalapeno, Josh Allen, Rooley, Tyler Watkins, Michael Buffel, Troilus True, Dan Root, Isabella Hope, Talisman, Christopher, Randall Holsey, Robbie Nauman, Nuke Dukum, William Holbert, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Betty Ann Moriarty, Daniel Johnson, h Tronz, Jay Getter, Bjorn Campbell, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Galja, Greek Thunder, Of Fortuna, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadeth, Poots, Zal Balcazar, Brian White, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Alex Bolton, Kinnam's, Joseph Baker, Rodney Coleman, Cruxes, Chris Moore, Caswell, Anti and Chris, Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Justin Gonzalez, Mason Cadillac. Ali Fritz, Zach Allen, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., Dave Bostick, Stewie 108, Patrick Montgomery, Daryl Rodriguez, Damon W., Fat Houdini, Richter 86, Steve Hodge, Barrett Boswell, Christopher Devayo, Chris Morton, Kevin Komaki, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coach, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Carlos Algrit, Dominic, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Josh Yeager, Martin Beck, Gavin, Joey Andracek, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Lou and Ray Loper, John Jonathan Cortez, Dylan Burns, Jason Lusky, Malachi Wall, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Anton Kay, Alan Trembley, Tyler Bello, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zaniga, Sean Battershaw, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vazquez, Adam Kinniston, Tyler Goodwin, William O'Carroll, Jorge Powell, Jesper Jansen, Max Cannon, Phil Crone, Throw Seven, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Geo Corsi, Joey Gonholliger, Gerald Pennington, Justin Wagaman, Brent Linquist, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Edwin Castillo, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwoods, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Keith A. Lewis, Marius Scarson Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Harper, Madmock Media, Jonathan Rice, and casual Misfits Gaming.